Salutations, my friends, and thank you for tuning in to another edition of Factions of Freedom. I'm your host, Noisera, Freedom Faction, whichever one you prefer, and this is season nine finale. That's right, it's the end of the year, and the end of a whole season. So how do we go about that? How do we present information to you, the audience, about everything that's going on? Well, don't you worry, I figured out how to do that in this edition. But first, a few quick updates before we get the episode started for you good people. If anything, these are the last updates of the season, last updates of the year, and they're very vital, very important. Make sure you download every single episode because I will be getting rid of everything from season 7 on back. Got to make room for all the new episodes, all the new content. Go ahead and download those so you can get access. Or, do yourself a favor, do yourself and me a favor, become an exclusive member. Join our program where we're restructuring it. You get access to all the previous seasons, extra content, and so much more. Also, and this is just for this special season, if you guys want to get all the posts, the Instagram data download that we have, DM me after you hear this episode. DM me and I'll send you the link to do so. Exclusive members, you guys get it immediately. And with that being said, let's start the show. Salutations, my friends, and thank you for tuning in to the final episode of Season 9, show number 923, Season 9, Episode 23. That's right, it's the season finale, and you know, I thought about uh, typing out a closing statement, so to speak, but I didn't. You know, I really didn't. Um, and this is <laughs> this episode is going to actually be remarkably simple, if you want to think about it. As I'm recording this, you know, we just figured out that Donald Trump is being impeached. And so we'll figure out what that means as far as uh, the country and so much more. Got a few little notes over here scribbled, as always. You know, but I want to want to intro this show, you know, because we did something different for, for last week's episode. I want to intro this show and really try to take the time to show you guys not only like the diversity of guests that we have, the content that we cover, how far out and then how deep within we go with everything. We're not normal. We're not normal. Like I tell you all the time these days, we are a conspiracy operation disguising itself as news when really we're a social media think tank. Are you fired up? Are you fired up? It's the end of the year. We made it. That's how I'd like to think. You know, before I get all distracted and, you know, all over the place, I, I need to calm down and, you know, just kind of go through the motions of where I, I, I kind of fleshed out this episode, how I want this to go. You know, uh, it is the end of the year. Yes, we, we could talk. We're going to be talking about politics, all these other topics and stuff like that as well. But I also think it's important, you know, that we show how far we truly have come. This year has been a growing year. 2019 has been a growing year. Season 9 has been a growing year, a growing season itself. I feel like there are years where you can plant seeds. There's years where you're growing, such as what we have. And eventually, we're going to have a harvest year. But this year itself has been one for, tre- for tremendous growth. I think it truly has, you know, in our, in our personal lives, in our professional lives, in our career, in our understanding of ourselves, and so much more. And this is something that I think people really should begin to reflect. 
not about, you know, the impeachment and all these other things, but about the adversity which we have faced all throughout the year that has refined us. You, guests, audience, you guys have heard me struggle with my own insecurities, my own doubts, my own hurdles that I have to overcome because of what is actually coming. If you guys would listen to the four-part, eight-hour series uh, that we did with uh, Adam Nix and J.C. Abbott of the Wayfinder podcast, you guys would hear a lot of my own insecurities come up because I'm discussing them with like-minded people. But that's the part of this whole year. That's a part of this year that has taken place from the Mindfulness New Mexico conference that we went to, uh, to, to, to the trip down to the border, to all the things that we've accomplished this year with your guys' continued support, I might add. It's been a growing year. I think the reason I, the reason I truly do falter, and I think I have to say this to tell you guys as well, you have to have a proper support system. In order to flourish in a world like this, it is important, you know, to, to, to understand what the opposite side is saying, what your adversaries are saying, your oppressors, but it's also important that you build a network and a team of people that can support you and themselves. Reciprocity is a very real thing. Are we reciprocal in our love? Are we reciprocal in our understanding? Do we understand that we can't expect ourselves and others? And so the reason why I say these things in the way that I do is because this has been a deep year where we've really been able to reflect about who we are as individuals, what values we truly have, what is important. The world will become increasingly more crazy. As I said, Donald Trump is being impeached as I record this. It's crazy how these things work. One day I'm recording on Halloween. One day I'm recording on Thanksgiving. Uh, you know, if you give it time, I'll be recording on Christmas. It's crazy how these things work in cycles. And so if you begin to acknowledge these cycles, these traditions, these rituals, so to speak, you begin to ride these waves. And so with our crazy show, gang, with our crazy operation that we've created over time, think about the influence that we have. I quietly flexed on my uh, Snapchat the other day that Kyrie Irving follows us and that we have a decent amount of celebrities that follow us. But it's not about the celebrityism. I feel like that's a lot of what we're experiencing today to where we feel like these celebrities, these, these icons, these idols, as if they can do no wrong. It's not about the celebrityism or the celebrity worship or the social media influence or any of this, this crap, the numbers, you know, the numbers, Mason, what does it mean? It's not about that. It's about what we're doing. And I think that's what people really, really get about us. It's never been about the likes or saying stuff to pander to the masses. It's about shooting you straight, telling you what's real. And that's where we have to operate. More in that authenticity. And it gets rough. As I said before, you guys have heard me buckle. But in buckling, I've been able to pull myself back up with what is necessary to trek forward to build, to persevere. Because it's not only for me that I'm doing this. It's not only for you. It's for everybody else. As I said before, the people that do follow us, we may not have the hundreds of thousands of uh, likes and listens and views and all this other stuff, but we have the thousands. We're coming up on the tens of thousands. We have the hundreds of thousands and all-time listens, but we're coming up on the tens of thousands. And the thousands per listens is crazy. And it's the people that are listening. You know, again, Joe Rogan not acknowledging what we're doing. Other affiliates of Joe Rogan acknowledging what we're doing. People from the Alex Jones show acknowledging what we're doing. Rest in peace to uh, Joe Hagman of the Hagman and Hagman Report. 
and as well as Rosemary Ellen Guiley, and earlier this year as well, you know, we lost Art Bell. I think about all these great people that have come forward before us to kick down the door. Phil Schneider, Bill Cooper. You know, just the other day I was listening to David Icke on Alex Jones. You know, and part of me shed a tear because I look at how old these guys are getting, and I'm wondering about where we are heading as a country, where we are heading as a people, where we're heading as a movement. And it does worry me. I do see people, I see people not caring about the truth, becoming more egotistical, personal, not providing the information to help liberate people, setting them truth, or setting them free with the truth. This is what I asked you guys, you know, more so recently. In doing this, am I delivering people to the New World Order and to the Mark of the Beast style system, or am I saving them by habituating people to come over to Facebook or in, 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 into Instagram every day, social media every day? Am I habituating people, or am I helping save them? These are the questions that people need to know. These are the types of things that we're going into. And those previous people I mentioned, the Rosemary Ellen Guileys, the Art Bells, the Alex Jones, the David Ikes, the Phil Schneiders, the Bill Coopers, the, 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 the Ted Gundersons even. These are the people that have knocked down the door for crazy people like myself to do what I'm doing. This is why regardless of however people feel, I support Billy Carson and a lot of his endeavors. Not only because he's one of us kicking down the door in the conscious community, but because he's, he's, he's making way for common people to do these types of things. This is what I mean by showing acknowledgement, showing, showing the success that we've had in this type of movement. And that's imperative. We're so focused on what our adversaries are doing, we're not looking at what we're creating. Again, just, use, just, just to use Billy Carson as an example, working with Gaia, right, having his own show, and now he's working with uh, uh, Dame Dash. You see what I'm saying? And on top of that, some of the discussions I'm having behind the scenes with people that we've had on the show and more is to do the very same thing, to create our own version of conscious videos, a network that does just that. You've heard me even tease the idea of coming up with our community app. And so the reason I'm jumping all over the place is not to really, you know, uh, the, the, the reason I'm jumping all over the place, guys, is to show you what we've been able to accomplish and while it may not seem like it's much, it's the people that are paying attention that influence everyone else. It is the rappers. It is the people within the White House. <laughs> it, it, it's all of these people that do pay attention. And I don't talk about it because it's not something you brag about. You just stay the course and you do your work. But in doing so, you recognize who you're influencing. And you, yes, you, the person I'm listening to or that's listening right now, I'm influencing you. And this is why I try to do my best. And that's what this year has taught us, our influence. It's taught us to put our best foot forward. And this is why we need to make America great again. And this is why we need to make ourselves great again. This is why we need to make the country great again. This is why we need to regenerate, not degenerate. You know, looking over here at my little scribbles. <laughs> oh, my notes. I don't, I have a... I just I want to kind of calm down and kind of get started in things. I have little scribbles of things I want to start over here. And then I actually have show notes of topics and honorable mentions and some of the guests and so much more that we've had on. But I have pre-show rituals that I do. I like to take magnesium and fish oil because it really helps my brain uh, get, get, get centered. I used to take, uh, I used to take Shilajit 
and apple cider vinegar pills beforehand, and that was just way too much. And so what I'm trying to talk about with these pre-show rituals, guys, is, is sometimes what you do is sustainable for certain t- periods of time. It's understandable. But going into the future, we have got to understand that a whole new version of what we're doing and of ourselves is required. We have to change. 2020 is coming and there's no looking back. You've got to put, as as I said before, your best foot forward. As Trump is being impeached right now, that doesn't really say anything, especially the crimes that he's being impeached with. But what I truly do think is going to happen, and I said this a few seasons back with Trumping in the technocracy, is that Trump is going to be Julius Caesar. He's going to be stabbed in the back. You'll see Nancy Pelosi wearing a black dress with a dagger on a shirt. She's going to be sta- he's going to be stabbed in the back. Yeah, all these people that supposedly serve him are going to stab him in the back. And so as we, as we gradually sleepwalk into this new reality, into this new world order, we again have to ask ourselves, what does this new America look like? What does the technocracy look like? Trump's doing his job. He's doing a lot more than people think. But because we're so filled with hate and so filled with delusion and chaos... We can't understand these things. So this isn't going to be a political episode, so to speak. We're not going to go catch up on current news. It's going to be, if anything, a review of the news. Sign of the times, so to speak. To show you good people that at the end of the year, this is where we're at. And this steamrolling effect that we're on right now, this grease track to hell that we found ourselves on, it's not going away anywhere. It's not going away anytime soon. You know, we used to have traditions. I remember before I appeared on Adam Nix's show, I had him on Fellowship and Freedom, and I asked him, you know, why doesn't it feel like Christmas, Adam? And he says, well, EJ, it's because they're removing traditions, bud. And that's exactly what it is. The time of year where we need to be reflecting, appreciative, grateful, loving, comparing, and compassionate, spending this time with the ones that matter. We're at each other's throats. We're hateful. We're spiteful. We're angry. And this is not a place to be. They're replacing traditions. This is that new America where politics is more important. Yes, it's good that people are awake. Yes, it's good that people are angry, activated. But do they know what they're angry at? You've heard me tease this question where I say, do people know what it is that they're resisting, what they're rebelling against? You know, I want to speak on this. Then I'll, I'll, I'll start talking about our guests and get into the show. And close out this season for you, for you amazing people. You know, I think, as I said before at the start of this whole rant tangent, a lot of people have experienced varying forms of adversity, be it social, be it psychological, emotional, financial, environmental, biological. You know, there's been a lot of different types of adversity, and I, I try to explain that in different ways because when people go through things, pain mainly, it changes them. And that's all. We have been inflicted with what I'm I'm still trying to figure out. But we've been acted upon. Something has happened to the American people and thus the world. Hence the Hong Kong protests, the protests in Chile, Lebanon, you know, all over the world. Venezuela, you know, France. (laughs) Something is taking over the world. And a spirit of revolution and rebellion is taking place. And if we had more days... I would be able to find the time to explain it to you. Look for those types of uh, additional exclusive content. Look for that in the future because we're figuring out a way 
to do just that. I have way too much thoughts to do weekly episodes like this. And so we're trying to figure out a way to, as I said before, evolve with the time, diversify the content, and provide you guys with primo content that you deserve whenever you support the operation. Join our exclusive members program. We will be restructuring it to do just that. And so when I tell you guys these things, this is what I mean by the growth. You hear me, you, you, you hear me try to give a cop-out saying, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just some random black guy. You know, uh, just, let me, just let me shout into cyberspace. Everything in this world has a cause and effect. And if you act like, and this is where a lot of people are, if you act like you can say and do these things without them having an effect, that's very foolish of you. The world doesn't work like that. And all we're seeing these days is the bounty, the bountiful life that we've lived, the, 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 not necessarily the repercussions, but we're seeing what we're doing coming right back. And that comes back from that adversity, what we've sought out, the change that we've undergone, undergone the battles that we fought, and everything that we've experienced that has made us better. Well, that's what I'm saying. Congratulate yourself. We're not dead yet. This year has been tumultuous, and it's only going to get even more crazy. Next year, I mean. But are we going to have the thick enough hide, the willpower, and the wherewithal to handle it? Or will we succumb? A lot of people have this year. I hope that we don't next year. And with that being said, let's start the show. You know, as I said before, I, uh, <laughs> I came up with a... I didn't want to do this episode where we're talking about all kinds of topics. We're, we're firing through things, trying to gibber as much as I can, as fast as I can, uh, with what little time I have. I don't want to do that. Uh, not, not, not for this one. You know, what I wanted to do is I wanted to take the time to go back through and kind of tell people and show them to a degree too how appreciative I am, you know, again, of them coming on the show, you know, the guests that we've had on and just the things that we're doing, man. This is not a normal show. This is not a normal operation. You guys know time and time again, I'm trying to figure out what I can do uh, to bring you primo content. I'm only one person. And this is why I, I desperately need everybody else to take part in what we're doing. This is why I, 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 I need to figure out a better way to get the community involved in what we're doing. Because we, we, we do have a massive, influence, uh, a, a, a massive influence. You know, I just want to fire through some of the guests that we had for season nine, and then I'll, I'll, I'll fire through some of the guests that we had for this entire year uh, and some of the stuff that we talked about and why that's all important, you know. But <laughs> I'll be honest, guys. I got to say this, and I'll say this, and I'll stop rambling and get into it. You know, I I honestly like started tearing up whenever I looked at like all the guests that we've had on, the people that I still need to like remain contacted and connected with and everything that we're doing and, and, and how much I'm trying to do. And I started to tear up because after a while, you know, you begin to recognize people for who they truly are and who's really trying to help and the type of work that they're doing. And I just feel so connected to a lot of these people that we're working with these days that I really do feel like we've created an amazing network and it doesn't really feel like it because, you, you know, you're going after Satanists, Luciferians, the Illuminati, the New World Order, uh, 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 convicted pedophiles, uh, cartel members, domestic terrorists, extremists, all of these, all of these things, fascists, you know, uh, racists, people, delusional authoritarians, just insane people. And so when you meet people along this journey, it's such a blessing. It truly is. 
you know, so some of the guests that we had on this year, instead of me rambling, some of the guests that we had on this year uh, were Nate Max of Innate Awareness. We were supposed to be going to his uh, retreat in Bali, uh, but obviously complications happened and that didn't go down. But we had Nate Max of Innate Awareness on and he actually did end up running his retreat. Who knows? Maybe we'll be going next year. We also had on uh, Lori Alexander. Of the, of the Global Watchman News. Uh, and for people who don't know who Lori is, gosh, you know, I just got to give like a quick shout out to her. For people that don't know who Lori Alexander is, she's essentially the lady that got me involved, really in all of this, if you want the truth. Um, she, she saw the kind of content we were putting out. She saw what we were doing and she wanted to help. That's the simplest way to say it. She she wanted to help. She saw what we were, what we were up to, uh, kind of how we were going about it. And she gave us a platform, and that's I, I feel like uh, important. That's what I want to highlight. We also had Dr. John A. King, who you guys have heard me mention a number of times on the show uh, earlier this year. We had him back on in August on Fellowship and Freedom, Embrace the Broken, Embracing the Broken, Protecting the Innocent, and Giving Them a Voice with Dr. John A. King, where we talk about human child sex trafficking. Uh, we will be syndicated with him and over 200 other more websites, not only for news and information, uh, but also about human trafficking, child sex trafficking, and awareness about these types of things. And you guys have heard me mention him a number of times uh, because it, it is important. People don't understand what is actually happening to these kids. I mean, earlier this week, we had a 16-year-old girl or a 6-year-old girl that tried to fake her own, uh, her own kidnapping. You know, and I, I, I've read to you guys about how people are selling babies on Craigslist. There's child sex brides on, 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 on Fedbook. You know, this stuff is very real. And we've actually talked a lot about that and more through the, number, the numerous times that we've had Dr. John A. King on. I think that, that was like his third time on. Uh, and it's important that people understand this because later on when we go through this list, we've actually had hunted and confronted on. These are another group of pedophile hunters. Uh, that, 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 that do just that. They set up these pedophiles, they meet them, they honeypot trap them, and then they call the cops. And this is what I mean by an epidemic. Truly, an epidemic. And so, ironically enough, I remember talking with Dr. King about that, about the Epstein information, Bill Clinton, and so much more in that edition. Uh, but we also had the pleasure of having on Adam Nix and J.C. Abbott earlier in this year as well. If you guys did not listen to that episode or any of that, you really missed out on the insight, uh, not only of, 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 of myself and Adam, but about this discussion of magic mushrooms. We'll be talking more about that in the second segment when we fly through all these topics and so much more, the promotion of psychedelics and so much more, and that's imperative because we're going to be having Adam uh, with us here in the future to, to, to do like a part two even though there's like four parts, to do a part two where we look at more of this information and psychedelic research. Uh, and there's been so many different things that are going on in the background because of this guy that I just want to, again, give him a huge shout out for being like an amazing person. Lionsgate energy, manifesting the moment, and inspirational ripples. I'll be leaving up all these episodes for you good people, too, on our podcast feed. Uh, if you go to our website and you hit the guest tab, you can actually find it there. I'll put that link in the description bar below so you can just go ahead and get immediate access to all these episodes because they're fantastic. I really do like listening to what everybody else has to say. I, I, 
tongue in cheek, I sometimes hate hearing my own self. You know, but uh, continuing on, some of the other amazing guests that we've had on, I want to get this right for you guys. We were on Paul Zellizer's Awarepreneurs podcast, episode 87, back in September. I was a guest on Paul Zellizer's Awarepreneurs podcast, and it was it, it, it really was an honor to be recognized. And this is kind of what you guys heard me say in the start of the show, where I was talking about uh, the, the, the recognition of our influence having other people see what we're doing. Ironically enough, uh, Paul is a local business coach and a life coach here in New Mexico. Uh, and uh, through happenstance, you know, I just ran into him at the gym, started talking. He invited me to the Mindfulness New Mexico Conference of 2019, where I had such a blast. Uh, I felt honored and humbled to be around such goddesses. Uh, and amazing and beautiful people because, you know, you, 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 again, you don't really ever see your influence. I don't really ever see my influence until I'm like around people that can see greater things in me. And that's again, what I mean by finding people that want your best interest at heart. They're all there. They're all around you. But these days people use politics and all kinds of other, uh, obstacles to, 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 to keep us from these things. And it's such a shame. And so I have such respect for Paul and all the work that he's doing, as well as uh, Sydney and the other great, amazing organizers of, 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 the, of the New Mexico Mindfulness Conference of 2019. Uh, I have such, had such a great time meditating with people. And you guys heard the episode, too, uh, the, the wrap-up that we did where I talked about how I had to surrender, essentially, to the meditative uh, room that we were in and how I could just feel the energy, and I described it taking me over and it was it was really really crazy uh, and, then, and so that was a gift to me by paul and so you'll hear me repay paul back by going on a show and then at the same time we need to have him on in the future because he's up to a lot of things and he's working with a lot of people uh last i talked to him he just had on marianne williamson uh of the the the, the democrats one of the one of the one of the 2020 presidential democrats uh candidates he had on she had, he had on her on the show. And so that's the type of stuff that we're working with. Those are the type of people that we're, that we're networking with. And so another person that I'm extraordinarily proud and honored to be working with and talking about, and I don't want to give you guys his last name, but it's Rob of Truth and Vibration and all these people, guys. Like, I, I, I think I might just do that instead of coming up with, like, a super cool, you know, caption i might just list all the the episode links for these guests but all these guys are such amazing people they, they they're working on things uh technologies sound therapies uh renewable energies over unity technology this is the type of stuff that i'm talking about uh, with rob of truth and vibration you know being the solution constructing the new world and rediscovering the ancients getting back to the roots understanding that our bodies Need, our bodies and minds need to be configured to a certain way to, to, to really interface with this new technology, to really interface with the new way the world needs to be and where we're going. I know people don't want to think like this because we're so, you know, ugh, heck bent, H-E double hockey sticks bent on doing things our way. But again, this is why I'm appreciative of having the kind of guests and the diversity of the people that we have on the show. Because it shows that we don't have all the answers. It shows that we need to start asking, if anything, the right kind of questions to get us back to form, to get us back to thinking, 
of what's right, where our heads are, because these days, I'm telling you, we're all over the place. We're not thinking straight because we have no idea where we're going, where our heads are at. And that's a real problem, and it's a real shame. It truly is. You know, another guest that we had on the show, and we will definitely be having her back on, had a, had a fantastic time uh, discussing astral projection and other deep spiritual things, was Ashley Rogers of SoCal Natural Health, Reclaiming Our Health, Connecting to a Higher Self and Astral Projection. Uh, we will be appearing on her show, uh, on her show, her YouTube channel, here in the future, talking about spirituality, paranormalia, the mysterium, and so much more. And this is, if anything, one of the reasons why I started the podcast and the Paranormal Perspective is to go down into this realm, explore, not necessarily the supernatural and the paranormal, but really try to understand it much deeper. We're understanding that, you know, the occult, Magic, mysticism, the supernatural, the paranormal, all these different spectrums of, of the ethereal, right? We're, we're understanding it much deeper because it is so, it, it's so present. It was such a fantastic conversation having Ashley on. She has her own business out there in uh, Southern California, and she herself has actually created a network of doctors, therapists, psychologists, nutritionists, dietitians, and all kinds of different people that can help people get their health back on track that's cool because and i've said this time and time again you guys have heard me say it i'm a meat and potatoes type of guy but i did just tell you i take magnesium and fish oil before the show i'm a meat and potatoes type of guy but as i've gotten older or at least more focused in this i've done a little bit i've, I've done some body sculpting i've done some body science i've been testing things out uh you know this is why we had on and i'll I'm, I'll mention this again when we talk about Charles's episode, Charles Kasten of Truth is Terrorism. This is why when we talk about veganism, we get into this because it's not one size fit all. And your biology is important. It, 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 it plays a huge part, too, in your deeper spiritual connection. This is why we, why we break down the concept of evolving warfare from psychological warfare to uh, 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 biological warfare to chemical warfare to environmental warfare to spiritual warfare and so much more. And people have to remember and this is where we picked it up from Billy Carson, another guest of ours, that reclaiming your health, taking your health back, has become a revolutionary act. And if you can't control your health, well, I guess you're going to end up being like these people over here that are stabbing people for Popeye's chickens, for or killing people for Popeye's chicken sandwiches. You see what I'm saying? And so these are the types of things that, that, that really are important. These are the things that afflict society. A lot of people don't really have uh, you know, the minerals necessary to upload certain vitamins within their body. A lot of people are, are, are mineral deficient, vitamin deficient, and so much more. And we've talked about that with guests at Privately all the time. But this is because we had to learn these things by taking our health serious and getting involved and realizing that you know, certain foods don't have nutritional value, that, they're, that you're actually eating empty foods, and that's why obesity is up. You see, because people are not educated on health and nutrition. They've just habituated people to drugs and pharmaceuticals. But I digress. It was a fantastic time uh, having Ashley Rogers of SoCal Natural Health on. And then another person, another warrior in the fight for light that we had on to talk about it, uh, again, to hammer it home about your health and your nutrition, was an in, a, a former engineer or a former architect, now a body engineer, uh, Carolina Rocha of Sunlight Nutrition, 
building better bodies, creating healthy spaces, and DNA activation. We had on Carolyn Arosha of uh, Sunlight Nutrition. And as I said before, she was a former architect that left being an architect to do just that, to help people by using healthy diets, by coming up with uh, a, a healthy patterns for people to use to, 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 again, reclaim their health. Understanding that DNA activation is very real. That's, again, what I mean by uh, when I refer to the vegan diet. Some people need more fruits. Some people need uh, more, more alkaline electric food, you see. Some people can't just stick to simply uh, vegan food or to, to, to plants. Some people might actually need fish. And so when we're talking about using, finding the proper material to make a better body, it is important because where we're going into the future, if you're a slave to everything external and you have no understanding or knowledge of your internal body, you will not be activated. You will not know your true potential. You will be less than. You will be dehumanized. And that's why they want to have you on these slave diets to where you're not able to really pay attention to what's going on. To again regain control of your health and so this is what i mean we talk about the brain fog you know the mental health epidemic that's going on out there and again the opioid epidemic and so much more these are the things that afflict us these are just a few of the guests that we had on this year you know and i need to have on more people I'm trying to figure out a way to have on more people. Even when we do the Instagram lives, I'm trying to get you, the listening audience, on because your voice matters. You guys built this house. I just got to start cleaning it up to help to hurry up and get you guys in here. But the last guest that we had on was Charles Casson of Truth is Terrorism. And the last time we had in mom was earlier this year uh, whenever he debated Jay of Truth is Our Religion about flat earth and uh, round earth. But this time when we had Charles on, we talked about, again, the open agenda of veganism these days, the destruction of normalcy, psychological warfare, you know, the, 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 the environmental tax that Pope Francis is pushing, Agenda 21, the scientific dictatorship, Greta Thunberg, you know, the Green New Deal, the Green Agenda. And it's so imperative that people understand these things because I mentioned to Charles in that episode his importance to us as an operation for what he did. He was one of the people that helped spur us to start doing the Instagram Live. He was one of the people who started connecting the Green New Deal and the, the scientific dictatorship for us. Stays, he stays adamant that there is an agenda behind veganism. And the reason I had him on, the, the main transmission, was to do just that. There, were the, there was a lot of people within the vegan movement that were defecting. They were talking about the malnourishment. They were talking about their bones decaying, the lethargia, the lack of energy, you know, just, just all the brain fog, just not being able to get out of bed, just, just all of it. And then their main excuse with vegans is saying, you're not doing the vegan diet right. And so we're having, and we talk about this in the episode, we're having a virtue signal, emotional, psychological game go on some scenario go on to where people are inherently denying their second brain, their gut. They're denying that, the understanding of it, having that, that, that psychosomatic relationship where their body and mind's in sync. They're denying that to go along with everybody else. And so that's what I'm saying. These are the types of topics that we cover on this show. This is why we have to go as far as we go. This is why we have to have the people that we have on and why we have to have on more. You know, I was telling you guys before, because those, those were just 
<laughs> Those were just season nine guests. Remember that we break up uh, each season at six months. And I should just go ahead and tell you guys this, but at season 10, we're going to stop that. We're just going to have every season from here on out be a year long. Uh, but, but realize, you know, with the guests that we have on, the more guests that we're going to have, it's because we have to have these deeper discussions. We have to dive deep and have a true deeper understanding about what's going on. Have an educated awareness of what's happening to us. Pull out different perspectives. Other, uh, I've described this show to you guys as a weapon system, right? And how everybody else, in their own way, shape, and form, they have their own weapon system to fight whatever it is that is trying to cripple and take over humanity. And the more that we have on people, just think of it as like a, a gun. It's just different attachments and different modifications, different rounds. You know, some are armor-piercing. Some have tracer rounds. Some have explosive on impact. You know, some are hollow point. And, every, and this is just for the rounds. We're not talking about, oh, this person has a double mag. We're not talking about this person adding a scope. You know, we're not talking about that. But we do talk about gun control. And this is why we have to have weapon systems, different people working on different things to help really understand the dimensions of what we're afflicted by. What is required of us as we transform? Yes, I don't understand veganism, but that doesn't mean that I won't advocate for people to get healthy, to understand their biology. You see, I have, I just want to fly through, you know, again, because those were all season nine guests. I want to fly through uh, some of the guests that we had for season eight. You know, we had Josh of Laws of Reality where we were able to ask the question of what is a, to ask the question to the audience, you know, about uh, this, this, this weird thing that we kind of see taking place to me. Um, and I've talked about it in a few different ways, but I think the best way to come at it is this, why are we seeing this, this crazy push for psychedelics? You know, that is definitely something that I find kind of crazy. We had on Josh of Laws of Reality to, to really talk about that. And ironically enough, I had all kinds of information about the, about the, the psychedelic takeover, so to speak, or the, the psychedelic takeover, the weaponizing of consciousness expansion. That's what I, what I call it. Uh, I had all kinds of information about that, and then I, I, out of nowhere, it was just deleted. It's gone. Taken. And I still don't have access to it. But we had Josh of Laws of Reality on to talk about that uh, earlier this year. We also had Taylor Kopp of Social Emotions to talk about the vaping plague and epidemic that is happening right now. Uh, because people were buying bootleg cartridges, you had all kinds of people within the medical, within the marijuana industry, the CBD industry, and the car, and the the cart industry, the vape industry, whatever. You had them buying uh, uh, cartridges from China and then filling it up with their own vape juice, oil stuff, whatever. And then with these bootleg cartridges, people were getting sick, developing weird lung. Uh, abnormalities and that's where a lot of the stuff is coming from today this is what you see with Trump doing trying to act on banning e-cigarettes is because a lot of people kind of took advantage of that and so we had Taylor Kopp of Social Emotions and the Atlantis Connection uh, on to talk about that he now has a I think it's like 44 acre lot out there in Arizona and all they're doing is just digging up crystals and you can find this on his page um, 
because this is the type of stuff that's going on. These are the type of people that we're talking about. And these, this next guy that I'm going to mention to you guys, uh, this is another local that I had the pleasure of working with. It's not Georgie Treblecleft, uh, but this is the head of the Proud Boys chapter out here in New Mexico, Brad Burris of the Crush Opposition podcast. We had him on Fellowship and Freedom, Delusional Authoritarians, Cultural Castration, and Gender gender Realism earlier this year. I also had the pleasure of appearing on his podcast, talking about all kinds of other crazy things that are going on. The, the, The institutionalism of lunacy that we see taking place, the crushing of masculinity, you know, again, just the destruction of normalcy. But these are the episodes. You guys can go back and listen to them. I've had the pleasure of sitting down, had, sitting down, having having a having a, having a slice of a pie and a beer with this guy, you know, and talking about what's going on. I also had the pleasure and the honor of standing shoulder shoulder to shoulder with this guy whenever we went to the Freedom First flag wave march <laughs> earlier this year, where I got called a diaphragm, where I got called a race traitor. Uh, where I got called a bigot, a xenophobe, a homophobe. You know, I got called all kinds of stuff. I was getting shouted at. I got hexed. You know, uh, I had I had all kinds of different stuff go on. And it was because I stood with Brad and the Proud Boys right there on the corner of like probably what, like first and central uh, and talking about it. I uploaded the episode like a few weeks after because we, we had to try to find the file uh, but I gave you guys a basic, a basic download of what happened, a play-by-play of how the whole event went down. We had an article go down. Local news wrote about it, KRQE 13. They wrote a news article about it. Then they went back a few days later and changed it. Uh, there was a subsequent protest that took place because Donald Trump came to Albuquerque. It was crazy. you know. And this is, this is kind of getting crazy because now you're seeing this activation. Now you're seeing this mobilization. And so it's very good. Uh, we've seen a lot of things happen with with the Proud Boys this year as well. And so I'm very curious to see where that's going to go in the future. Uh, and I've told you guys, you know, from the Proud Boys that I've met to even some of the other Freemasons uh, that I've met trying to do business over on the side. We've met a lot of different people, uh, some that don't really have your best interest. And I say that to you, the audience. They don't care about you guys. I care about you guys. I feel like you guys are like my brothers, my sisters, my cousins. You're my family. I've helped cultivate this thing. I can't not dis- I can't disrespect you like this. I've met people who don't care about what we're doing and the influence we have, and I've had to kick them to the curb. And they're mostly Freemasons and other people. I don't want. To, I don't have time to explain this, but you get you get what I'm saying. I've decided to start working with Proud Boys and people here because they they actually care about what's going on. We had Antifa out we had lo- we had Ant- we not only did we have local Antifa, good lord. Oh god, okay. Okay, whenever I went to the border earlier this year with Georgie Treblecleft, who is also a proud boy, right? We went down to the border, we did a lot of investigating. We 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 crashed we almost crashed a Beto O'Rourke's campaign down there in El Paso. We found all kinds of different stuff. We had local Antifa, local Antifa and Indivisible figure out who we were because they, they were like, hey, do you know this person? They, they did like a reverse number lookup on us. I got all kinds of local messages. I didn't, even, I didn't even tell you guys this stuff because it sounds crazy. This happened earlier this year. 
I was trying to do opposition research. They like reverse track me down because I was trying to infiltrate them. It was a whole thing. So that that happened. And then later on this year, uh, when we had that that protest, uh, Antifa in Chicago linked up with the Antifa here and started doing uh, hit pieces on us. I, and I put that article in the link in the description bar over on that episode because they had to retract it. They doxed us. It was a, it was an article, but I called it a, a glorified hit list. They put people's phone numbers there, their addresses, their places of business, their significant others, their children's, their elementary schools, all kinds of stuff. And this is this is what goes on when you're involved in this public domain. And so. Thanks, Brad. That's all I can really say is that's that's the kind of stuff that I have to deal with on the back end when I have uh, when I work with people like Brad and I'm down for it because this is what this is. This is why you do these types of things, because there is nothing else for us to do other than helping the whole of humanity. Now, uh, continuing on <laughs> with the lists of guests that we've had. We also had the pleasure of having on uh, Justin Harvey of We Are Change. He er, Earlier this year, Justin Harvey went to speak in front of city council in Florida to let the people know, uh, to let the people know about, um, about 5G. There is a decent amount of people that don't know about 5G. And so Justin Harvey appeared before uh, his city council, and he spoke to his people, and he was saying, hey, listen. You need to be aware about 5G. They're putting this stuff up all over the place. It's going to be X amount of yards distance. This is this is crazy. You need to watch out for this. And so not only did he do that, but he also uh, was at the United for Common Ground Media Summit uh, that I was invited to by Jason Bassler and Matt Agarist and so many other people of the Fear of Thought Project, the Activist Post, the Minds Unleashed, Mint Press News, and so much more. Uh, he appeared there earlier this year as well, and <laughs> I, 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 we had vegan food in Texas. I thought that was funny. I thought we were going to go out for steaks afterwards after we got done talking about the First Amendment and you know standing up for <laughs> our rights, but we ended up going to a vegan place, and I just kind of thought that was funny, and that's where uh, me and Justin hit it off. We had a conversation you know, about 9-11 uh, you know, and so much more activism. You know what? What? Where all we've been involved, uh, and it was just it was it was good to me to kind of have that fellowship, uh, because again, you don't really think about these things. I guess I didn't, and then again, just being able to sit down with another like-minded individual and an activist, and hear about what he's done, you know, that was a that 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 was a that was a blessing and an honor. That was a show number eight hundred five, season eight, episode five: organized activism, quiet wars at home, and liberation through awareness with Justin Harvey of We Are Change. And so I just want to fly through the rest of these. You know, we've had on Jay of Truth Is Our Religion, as I said before, Hunted and Confronted, the Pedophile Hunters. We also had Riza Islam on Fellowship and Freedom this year uh, as well, which was pretty cool. And we're going to be having him on in the future uh, to talk about a lot of different things. We had Riza Islam on as well as Patrick Vincent of The Daily Ember. A lot of amazing people have really helped make this show fantastic in so many different ways. And all I can really do is just that, dedicate an entire segment of the show to show them how appreciative I am. So massive shout-outs, because it was these guests, you, the audience, these topics, these times, and so much more that have made this show. Uh, but speaking of time, what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, 
we're going to be getting into uh, some of the common seasonal themes that we saw in the top stories of 2019. We're going to be getting into this and more on this on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. This is Freedom Faction of Factions of Freedom. And this is the Season 9 finale, and we'll be right back right after this. Salutations and welcome back. Yeah, everybody is in, like the people are important to me. I don't think people are imp- important to other people, but people are important to me. I don't do this for myself. I told you guys I hate hearing myself sometimes. Nah, I sound like a jabroni, some kind of goon. I <laughs> I don't like that. That's why. That's, that's, that's why I try to make a, that's why I try to add somewhat of the theatrics or the melodrama and the, you know, and, and, and a little bit of creativity and how I speak because I care about you. You know, 
earlier this year, Joe Hagman of the Hagman and Hagman Report, well, he passed away. A foul play is what it seems like. I mentioned to you again, you know, our Art Bell and Rosemary Ellen Guiley uh, that have passed away. And, you know, these are people that are important to me. You know, the, the work that they do and their influence and ple- people are important to me. And I, 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 I do this because I feel like we're losing that. I've had a lot of people die on me this year. <laughs> you know, I, I literally started off this year with uh, my aunt passing away. And I wanted to dedicate this episode to her, but that was like last season. And I'm just, and I have, I have family listening now too. And I want to, you know, I, 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 I care about people. I think everybody can see that this comes from a, from a place of compassion. And, 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 and what people have to truly understand is we're losing that. We really don't care. People are apathetic, they're nihilistic, you know, they're pessimistic, they're suicidal, they hate themselves. And they hate everyone else too. Well, I, I, I don't hate you. I care for you. I care for your kids, your unborn kids. I care for people enough to put myself upon this altar of social media spit these truths and hopefully hit the mark. You know, I care about people. This is why I, I, I don't want to seem like I'm too Republican or too Democrat. I don't care about this. I want, I, I want to be liked, but I understand at the same time, it's not me as the individual that needs to be liked. It's the truth. And that's what I serve. I care about people and I love them and I love you too. And I wish that people would learn this more, but I feel like that compassion, that understanding of what makes us human I feel like we're losing that, that synergy. And that's what's, that's, that's what's important. That's what's beautiful, if you ask me. When you see two people engrossed in one another's love, where they're just feeling each other's vibe and lost in one another's eyes and, 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 and caught up in the conversation, we're losing that. The art of conversation, the art of caring, the art of humanity. This is why, it's, why all you will hear from me is the pro-human, renaissance-based future while I was rambling about STEAM, science, technology, engineering, art, and mathematics, why we have to get back to the amazing gifts that God's given us, while I'm speaking time and time again about the concept of divinity. Pope Francis would rather have you focus on humanism, coming May 2020, the road to humanism, creating an educational pathway to humanism, he would have you focus on humanism, not divinity, not the spark of God within you. Nope. That's silly. Now, see, I care about people. And I want them to be the best they can be. And I feel like in the world that we live in today, it doesn't advocate that level of appreciation, that level of potentiality, that level of divinity. You hear me ask all our guests, <laughs> all kinds of people, how do you work your energy? How do you, how do you manifest what God has given you? You've been bestowed with gifts just as I, but how do you do it? As I've told you guys before, tongue in cheek, magic is real, but do you know how to create a space to make the magic happen? And I tell you what, I don't mean casting spells and hex. I mean the real type of magic, that divine intervention that makes things happen. That's why we have a lot of wickedness going on. 
is because you got a lot of people that don't care about things. They seek faulty power. They seek power in this realm. You see how corrupt and crazy things are here? Here, do you want power? Here, power to do what? Power to trample over others. Power to have an empty life. Power to seek after only, only, only materialistic things. I was working out with a buddy the other day. He became an EMT. Congratulations, bud. I was going to start saving people's lives. So, you know, we go to the gun store and one of the buddies there that works there, he's a firefighter. You know, we're, we're, we're having this conversation about spirituality and so much more. You know, it's, it's, it's like we're, we're losing that understanding of spirituality, divinity, oneness, interconnectedness, general compassion, and trying to, like, save our fellow man. We are H-E double hockey stick bent on trying to destroy ourselves, everything else, that this is not a good path. We are on a self-destructive uh, 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 path, so to speak. Our patterns, they're not regenerative, they're not beneficial, they're not uh, humane, they're not divinity-inspired. We're not trying to give glory to the God Almighty or even show respect to our fathers here terrestrially, you see. We want to deny that because denial of that means that you don't have to be responsible at all. And see, I love you guys enough to shoot you straight. I love you enough. I care enough about people to only give them the truth. And I have that weird ability to where I'm able to shoot people right into the just right into the core. So I can right into the core of who they are. It's like if there is like a it, it's it's like if there is a hole right between the heart that was like thinner than the thread of a needle that lit directly into like your soul. I can somehow see that channel. And that's where I speak to people because I care enough about them. And I wish enough people cared to put, pe put themselves in other people's shoes, be understanding, learn that compassion. But I think that's just me being altruistic and optimistic. And that's why I care about people. And that's why I started this podcast there's a, if you guys haven't caught on, there's a lot of reason why I started this podcast. I'll say this and I'll get into these topics. That's why I started the Paranormal Perspective. Not only to highlight some of the, some of the strange and occultic-themed uh, articles that we were seeing, the Satanic Temple, uh, exorcists, uh, mass demonic possessions, you know, rituals taking places in churches. Eh, not only to highlight that type of information, but also at the same time to let people know that when they're experiencing these stranger things, right, these paranormal events, these supernatural happenings, to know that they're not alone. Because that's God to me. Miracles. Things that you can't understand. Things that happen for you. Not to you. For you. So you can understand that there is a larger plan and that you do have a, a spark of divinity, that there is a plan for you, that you do have a destiny and you have free will to go right after it if you so choose. But very few people are, are, are willing to do that. And this is why while I have my faulty days, my moments of doubt, this is why I tell you guys that you have to have these doubts so you can work through them. This is what I talk to you guys about with my leadership uh, identity crisis that I'm that I was going that I'm going through to where I know what I have to do. The only thing that doesn't want to do it is the flesh. There is something even greater than me powering me to do things. And that's what you have to do. And that's what I mean by caring about people. Do you understand yourself deep enough to be committed to these things that are going on? Do you understand? Do you care enough to be committed to the betterment of humanity? And that's a very real thing. I'm not over here trying to virtue signal. I'm trying to shoot you straight. 
So let's start getting into some of the common seasonal themes. Some of the common seasonal themes. Again, I just want to say uh, thank you for the guests that we've had on. Not only have you guys helped make us, but you've helped make the show uh, and, and, and be a part of this community that apparently we are a part of. So, I, I, and I'm very, I'm very humbled uh, to be working with you great people. So I'm not going to be able to go through and find all the episode or find all the articles from back in the day that kind of illustrate this. I'm going to use more or less recent articles to explain some of these common seasonal themes um, that we're that we're that we're talking about. You know, I'll just fire through them and then we'll kind of go through them in, through them in detail uh, later. You know, but we have the hypermilitarization of the police and the expansion of the military, i.e., the space force as well as the NDAA. You also have these red these these national red flag gun confiscation laws coming in, uh, civil unrest, social disintegration, and destabilization. As I said before, with the protests that are going on uh, in Chile, Lebanon, Hong Kong, and so much more. And we're going to see. We're, we we will see. We will see uh, the same level of instability and destabilization. We're going to see that here in America, the same way that we saw it with uh, Antifa the minute that Trump got in. We're seeing this level of destabilization come in. And the civil unrest and the hypomilitarization, they're directly co connected. The same way that climate change is connected to uh, chemtrails and stratospheric aerosol injections, they're connected. So the more civil unrest we're going to have, right, the more hypermilitarization we're going to have. The more chemtrails we're going to have, the more climate change we're going to have. Uh, and ironically enough, that was one of the things that we're going to talk about up here, climate change becoming climate extremism. Uh, we also talked about the Green New Deal, the Green Agenda, Agenda 2030 and Agenda 21, eco-fascism, eco-socialism, the, the, the eco-fascist or the eco-extremists known as extinction rebellion right i told you guys that that was the uh, that that was essentially that, that extinction rebellion was ex, uh, was essentially uh the environmental antifa and i think everybody can see that uh with with, with everything they're doing so when i say these things guys uh, it's because i'm kind of coming from it from that perspective i'm looking at things in this this crazy light and making these connections because i'm saying okay well if antifa can pop up out of nowhere have all this funding and do all these things well who the heck are these guys these astroturf protesters you see and so these again are the types of things that people need to pay attention to and uh, you know just just for the sake of time i want to try to find up i want to find that video for you guys uh where you have the leader of Extinction Rebellion actually talking about the purpose of it being used to bring down governments and why that's important. Uh, they also say it's the purpose of Extinction Rebellion is to destroy heteronormativity, heteronormality, I don't know, I'm not sure what you would call it, but they, they want to destroy heterosexuality. And so there's a lot of different things that come with the Extinction Rebellion. I want to slow that slow down and kind of focus on that because this isn't something you fire through. What we're what we're essentially talking about uh, is these not necessary these, these these paramilitary politically activist groups um, that are going to be doing a lot of different things. Right here, got it up for you guys. Apparently, we put this up October 9th. It's from Summit News by Paul Joseph Watson, uh, and it says Extinction Rebellion founder threatens to quote bring down government. 
says some may die in the process. You have the founder of the climate change activist group, Roger Hallam, is saying that his organization is willing to bring down governments. So I'm going to play this clip for you guys. It's real quick. And then I'll, I'll, I'll break down this and more. We are going to force the governments to act. And if we don't, if they don't, we'll bring them down and create a democracy fit for purpose. And yes, some may die in the process. And so, at the time, and I think a lot of people suffer from this at the time, we don't really take these, th these threats serious. Uh, but you really have to understand this climate change agenda that's, that's being pushed through. Really. It's not just, uh, oh, climate change is real, there's no global warming. You have to understand that these people are using climate change as a pretext to invade countries, to take over resources, to do all kinds of different things to have literal control over the world. Sounds crazy. I, I know that sounds crazy. Everything on the show sounds crazy. And it's designed to, because it's not meant, it, it, it's meant to knock you off of your heels. It's meant to disorient you because you couldn't think that that type of things happen, right? Well, fast forward to where we're at today. In December, we put this article up. December 4th is by News Punch over there. It's by uh, Sean Anderson Lobby of News Punch. It says the UN may use, quote, military force to enforce the climate agenda. Top Professor Warrens. And the reason I want to point this out as well is because you have two people that are having an ideological alignment. You have protesters and you also have governments and militaries getting involved. You see the, the, the obvious alignment that's taking place. Will, they will be willing to kill you if you do not abide by the Green New Deal. At the end of the year, you know, there's an article that came out just this week that talked about how Greta Thunberg, her entire uh, little rise to fame, her viral social media rise to fame, yeah, it was all being used to create a documentary that Hulu will be premiering. You can watch that right after you watch the Hail Satan documentary that they have up there as well. And I say that because these are the times that we're in. Earlier this year as well, uh, back in October, ironically enough, uh, UN Secretary Antonio Gutierrez talked about how the UN will run out of money. And so when you have all these things kind of happening at the same time, and it's all in alignment with Agenda 21, Agenda 2030, Agenda 2050, the Green New Deal, the Green Agenda, you have to understand what's going on. This article right here is a window into the future. Keep this in mind for whenever we start talking about the forecasts for 2020 and more. Let me get back into some of these, again, themes, common seasonal themes that we saw this year. You know, we had eco-fascists, as I just mentioned before. You also had the crazy denial of God, spirituality, and religion. The promotion of atheism, resulting in nihilism and apathy. You also had the promotion of Gaia worship, Right? Well, we, we talked about this. Omnicide. You just have people that just want to start killing people. I think that's kind of crazy. Earth-worshipping people. And this is what the Green Agenda is. It's the promotion of Gaia, Mother Earth, and the dehumanization of man, of humanity. It's an anti-human agenda. But in doing so, in denying God and denying humanity, this is what it creates. Apathetic, suicidal people who hate themselves. 
<laughs> and this is this is bad. This is why you have an entire generation already giving up. Remember, we played the clip for you guys where you have uh, some of these climate change activists saying, well, if the world's going to end in 12 years, what's the point in trying? If the world's going to end in 12 years or X amount of years, what is the point in trying? You see, this is what happens when you let these people dictate to you what is acceptable. This is what happens whenever you have... Uh, the programming and the indoctrination that goes on in colleges. This is what we're doing to the next generation. We're making them give up to where they don't care, to where they, like you, like you hear them say, to where it's, there's no point in trying. And if the world's going to end in 12 years, what's the point in trying? And so if, if, if our own, if the next generation's already giving up, and don't really see a point in, in having, as I said before, this pro-human renaissance-based future, looking at all these problems and are trying to come up with you know, solutions, not only for themselves, but for so many more, if they're already giving up, did we fail them? That's the real question. If they're already giving up, we should ask the question of, did we fail this previous or this, this oncoming generation? I would like to think not. I'd like to think that while this may be a dark point in time to where this is a, a strange period, we will definitely look back on this period in time and ask what the heck was going on. Maybe it was whatever they put in the water, the fluoride, the lithium, God knows what else. We're going to look back at this time and think it was strange. But I would like to think that this is just a hiccup and that these children can be saved. That despite whatever we're being, whatever they're being taught, that they do have a future and that they will come up with one. You see. I want to play for you guys this clip and then we'll go back into uh, more of these topics. Uh, we put this up September 20th. It's from Planet Free Will. It says, teen climate change activist says the world is ending. So what's the point of studying? It's just really hard to grow up in a world full of ifs. You know, I don't think a lot of people in Congress understand the conversations that are happening in everyday American homes, but we're constantly asked, prepare for your future, study for your future, do this for your future. Um, but our, our world is full of ifs. I'll be talking to my best friend and she'll be like, yeah, you know, I really want to see this natural place sometime if it's going to still be around. Um, I really want to study to be this if that's still going to be a possibility. And it's just like this constant looming uncertainty. And it's this weird form of of nihilism and and weird um, just fear that's that's been existing in my generation, where kids are joking like, "What is even like the point? The the world is is ending. What are we studying for? What are we doing?" Um, and it's this kind of depression. It's this fear that is not just among me or my panelists here, but but everyone. And that anxiety is something that no child should ever have to fear. Because if you think about it, if you go back to what is the purpose of is I agree, no child shouldn't have to feel that way but this is what we're doing this is what happens when we teach our next generation lies you see continuing on though again with the topics another thing that we found ourselves discussing a lot of was the pedophilia and the hypersexualization. this is again what was being taught in school so obviously these kids who if they're not being told the world's going to end in 10 to 12 years that you're your teacher or so-and-so is going to prey on you, obviously this would create more apathy, more nihilism, more of this, this chaos. 
The hypersexualization of children is off the charts. You have, you have, and I remember freaking out about this with you guys. The Free Thought Project, the Free Thought Project wrote an article about this. You have them giving cross-sex hormones to children as young as five now. I, I read an updated article, but the one that Free Thought Project wrote was eight years old at the time. They're doing it as young as five. Now, we, that's, the, that's Britain's first transgender couple where they're giving cross-sex hormones. They're ready to transition their child that's, that's five. This is what I mean by the hypersexualization of children where, 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 we're, where we're teaching them gender identity, gender realism, and all this other crazy stuff. It's, it, it really is, if you ask me, child abuse on so many different ways. Uh, and I think another way to just kind of to, to encapsulate the pedophilia, the hypersexualization, you know, uh, the, the drag queen story time, the cross sex hormones and so much more. I think a good way to encapsulate all that is with this article from now the end begins. They put this up December 18th. It's by Jeffrey Greider. It says fake news media driving the narrative that men can give birth shows that we are in the grip of a global end time spirit of insanity and delusion. And what it has right here uh, is basically a man and a woman who traded genders and then kept the same role. I don't know. I'll play for you guys a clip. Piston is done with this. I think you could see this is show the, show the bare belly so we can just see the nice. Oh my God. It's huge. It's huge. <laughs> Both dad and baby are doing well after this transgender man gave birth to a little boy. Tristan Reese went through 30 hours of labor, resulting in a bundle of joy named Leo weighing in at nine pounds, six ounces. He and his partner, Biff Chaplo, have been documenting their extraordinary journey of Tristan's pregnancy on Facebook, hoping to raise awareness about the transgender community. I think a lot of people are curious about it, but they're too nervous to ask because they think that maybe it's too personal or it would be offensive or something. So I thought I would just answer it and then you will all know. The couple decided to keep some details private, like how Tristan gave birth and how the baby will be fed. Tristan and Biff are no strangers to parenting. Together, they adopted two children, nine-year-old... Tristan is... See, they adopted children, but, um, you know, I'm, just, I'm a little confused. I won't lie. Uh, this, this, it, it's not something I try to spend a lot of time on. But I'll tell you, when I do spend time on it, thinking about it, my, my, I just find myself saying, yeah, no, we're definitely going to need gene therapy in the future because... And you just got to hear me about this, and I'll move on to something else, because I, I, I'll be called a, ra a, a xenophobe and a bigot and a homophobe. But say you have a mom and a dad, right? Imagine your kid goes to school. He's like, oh, I can't wait to go hang out with my mom after school. And then, like, your kid has a friend who's the child of this, this, this couple right here. He's like, oh, it must be nice to have a mom and a dad. I just have a mom that thinks he's a dad and a dad that thinks he's a mom. And then, you know, just think about, think about what that child would be subjected to. This is why we're having to be told, use the proper pronouns, you know, and then your, your child's friend, the one that has a mom and a dad that switched roles and genders, you know, they just say, oh, my mom hates me when really it's like the dad. It's like, oh, my mom beats the crap out of me when really it's like the dad that beats the crap out of the child. And what's crazy too, is there's a lot of stories that I didn't really report on this year of, uh, same-sex couples adopting children and then transitioning them because it's a very real thing. Um, and again, I think it's all child abuse. I'm not going to lie. But, but this is what's happening. 
this is what I mean by that that spirit of delusion, that insanity that's taking place, uh, where we where we have to engage in these types of things. But to just stay on the whole, switching gender identities and gender roles thing, and why gen- why in the future that that may cause biological issues, mutations, gene therapy, and so much more. Uh, we've talked about we, we we've talked about three parent babies. We we talked about CRISPR Cas nine, ectogenesis. Uh, gene editing babies, uh, gene editing children in the embryo, IVF, and so much more. We have to start thinking about what these types of biohacking things are going to do to the genome, how that's going to affect the biology, and what these kids' lives are going to be like. I mean, my Lord, think about the autism rates that are already up there. Think about the ADHD rates that are already up there, the obesity rates, you know, the, 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 the lowering IQs and so much more. And when you're adding this gender scrambling nonsense into it, what is that going to really do to these kids? And they're not really having a proper education. They're being indoctrinated into, into social and cultural norms. I mean, again, my Lord, we say that teaching religion to children is child abuse, but what would you call this? I would call it child abuse, man. Like, I'm, and, and I know people don't want to hear that because it sounds rude. But, but again, that's, I guess this is, this, this is beyond me. Uh, you know, here, again, I want to play for you guys this real, this real quick clip. Uh, and then we'll move on to, again, other topics that we saw, common seasonal themes uh, for 2019. We'll get into globalization after this. Uh, but before we do that, I want to play for you guys this quick clip. It, uh, it, it goes, it, it's from Sky News. It talks about, you know, this, how, how people are not getting the proper treatment. I'll just read you the article title. It comes from Sign of the Times. They put this up December ter- 13th. It says, former NHS psychologist warns, Children are being overdiagnosed, overmedicated for gender dysphoria as staff fears being branded transphobic. They're basically saying that people aren't able to effectively uh, diagnose these people. Not only that, but they don't want to diagnose these kids. You have this child right here, Leo, who was born a female that identifies as a male. And I'm sure if you guys go watch the, f- the, the full video, it'll tell you how... Uh, it, it'll tell you how this kid expects social... Yeah, it, it's a crazy thing that's happening. Doctors don't want to do these things. Some doctors don't want to actually transition these kids, but because they don't want to be branded as transphobic, xenophobic, bigoted, or, or homophobic, or any of this other stuff, they are prescribing medications. They are giving these kids these things. Uh, in the previous episode, I played for you guys a, a, a few minutes of Castration Incorporated, a video done by Greg Reese, uh, where he talks about the history of Planned Parenthood and castration and population control and, and, and the normalization of transgenderism. It truly is an agenda. But because people don't understand history and they want to jump on bandwagons and the same way that some people get uh, uh, social points, social credit points or virtue signaling points for, going, for undergoing these things, that's the same thing that's happening right now. And so I'll play for you guys this clip and then we'll, we'll continue on uh, again with common seasonal themes that we've seen throughout 2019. Start warning from former NHS psychologists over the services being offered to young people questioning their gender. Demand for gender services from under 18-year-olds is surging and a record number and are being referred to the NHS's only gender service for children. Psychologists who have left the service have told Sky News they felt unable to properly assess children having medical treatment for gender dysphoria for fear of being branded transphobic. Sally Lockwood has this special report. A growing number of young people are questioning their gender, 
and there's growing concern over the number wanting to change their bodies while they're still teenagers. For some, it's the right decision. This is Leo. He's 16 years old and was born female. He now identifies as male. Leo's very happy with the medical treatment he began at 14, but it still meant making big decisions at a young age, choosing if he wanted to freeze his eggs. Start warning from former Crazy. NHS psychologists over the services being offered. Crazy. And so I think you guys kind of get the point. You know, I could find that article, you know, where, we're, where I'm reading to you about Britain's first transgender couple beginning to transition their five-year-old child. I could talk to you about a limit, uh, this elementary school inviting convicted felon drag queens to teach children about LGBTQ issues, you know, but I think you guys are beginning to get the point. I think the best way to summarize all this, look at this guy. This guy's got a, he's got a beard going on. He looks like Fred Flintstone. It's weird. It's weird. This is, a, this is getting out of control. I think everybody understands it. So before I even get all excited and fired up, I think the best way for me to just kind of put a little put a little bow on talking about this whole topic is right here with this other article that comes from Now the End Begins. They put this up December 13th. Again, I'm just using recent articles to show you where we're ending the year at. Uh, New York public schools reject requests by Christian teens to start a, to start a Christian club, and they're saying that it's too inclusive. But then they go right around they, and, and approve an LGBTQP pride club instead so christian christian clubs are too exclusive right can't have that we got to have all inclusive say yes to everything i think that's a good way for me to just kind of wrap it up with with uh the pedophilia the hypersexualization you know and it's going to get to a point with all this sex talk to where nobody's going to have sex and nobody's going to understand intimacy nobody's going to understand relationship dynamics uh, you know what? What? What's normal? We're just going to end up having sex with all these robots and all these 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 prostitutes and all these. Uh, all, it's 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 not right. You see what's happening? It's the destruction of the nuclear family. It's hypersexualization, and it'll lead to sterilization and infertility. It's very very dangerous. But this is, if anything, a good way for me to kind of pivot into uh, something that comes with infertility and sterility. Right. Earlier this year or a few weeks ago, we got an article out uh, that talked about how there was an a, a, a article or a, um, a billboard out there in the U in the UK telling people to sterilize themselves. Yeah. Right here. Uh, November 1st. It's over there from Summit News. Billboard in London encourages white people to sterilize themselves. And so imagine that. Who put this billboard up? White people are getting sterilized or they're infertile. Who has to replace these people? Well, I'm glad you guys asked. It's called replacement migration. It's called mass migration. It's called immigration invasion. So while you have white people sterilizing themselves, while you have all kinds of American numbers dwindling at rapid rates, you have people from foreign countries, and I'm not being racist, I'm really just trying to explain things factually about what's actually going on. You have illegal aliens lining up around the block to get driver's license under a new law in New York. That's right. So while there's not, while Americans aren't having kids, millennials don't believe in traditional marriage values or don't believe in having uh, two kids, don't believe in any of this type of stuff, you have illegal aliens that come from Somalia, that come from uh, Sudan, that come from Iran, that come from uh, Ecuador, that come from Venezuela, that come from all kinds of different foreign countries, right? 
to take to to take over. That's all. That's all they're doing. All they are literally doing is taking advantage of the American system that the Americans themselves won't come over with. You see, I think that's a good way for me to kind of pivot. You see, so let's begin to talk about this more: the globalization, the mass migration. You know, the destabilization that comes with that. Donald Trump saying, "We're going to build our wall." Let's build that wall, right? Why would he say that? I've talked to you, again, we should have put this in here in the top story section, but you guys remember, too, the uh, jihadi that was out here in New Mexico and then ended up in Alabama and then got caught literally running like a child training camp. He was up here in Taos, New Mexico, got, got caught killing a kid, doing like a ritual sacrifice type of thing, thought he was Jesus Christ went to the other side of the country over there on uh, in Alabama to do the same type of thing and got caught there as well. This is globalization. You have terrorists coming in from the southern border saying, yeah, no, we're, we're, we're exploiting your guys' border crisis to get in here, coming and going as they please. I made the, the joke about how Americans won't know the difference between Al-Halmad Hasid or, uh, you know, Hector Sandoval. Because to ignorant millennial Americans, these are just brown people. And that's that's what I'm talking about. But again, let's let's talk more about the globalization, the mass migration, and so much more. You don't see China taking in any migrants, right? What's happening here with the migrants is they're getting full preferential treatment. Uh, you know, they're getting and this is where the free housing, the free education, the free health care and so much more comes in. Uh, this is also why whenever we took our trip down to the border earlier this year we, 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 we linked up with local city officials that were taking part in the transportation and the resettlement process, talking to me about where they were sending these people with their paperwork. There's a whole system, a whole separate judicial system for immigrants as well. Ironically enough, I remember towards the end of 2018 uh, how the UN came up with their UN Migration Pact, where they made it a human right for people to have the ability to migrate through different places. This is globalization. You see, this is why you hear them say, no borders, no walls, no USA at all. This is why you hear, uh, uh, what is it, Governor Cuomo, is it Andrew Cuomo, saying uh, America was never great, it was never going to be great. That's why you have Antifa shooting up ICE facilities. That's why you have them saying there's no one's illegal on stolen land. That's why you have them pushing for the destruction of borders and so much more. The creation of the North American Union, ironically enough. But people don't believe in that. We don't talk about that. How Ted Cruz's wife uh, take, is coming up with this agenda to destroy the borders. And you hear this. This sentiment being pushed. But you won't ever see people go down to Mexico to try to stabilize it. Canada is like, please, all of you crazy Americans and South Americans, you guys stay down there. We're good up here. But, but, but this is globalization. And I've talked to you guys about that as well. Donald Trump went to uh, the he went to he went to the United Nations and he actually had a very good speech talking about how the world, how the future doesn't belong to the globalists, how the future belongs to nationalists. Powerful speech. I would definitely recommend people to go listen to it because it's important. Talking about why it's important that people have national values. And this, again, has spurred what I would consider the thought thread of asking the question of saying, you know, are we going to have a conversation about 
nationalism, or we're going to have a conversation about globalism. I believe the two will lead us to talk about regionalism. It's the only thing that can come out of it, and this is why I'm following up after talking about the collapsing of borders of America and Canada and Mexico all becoming one, you see, the North, the North American Union. What is good for the collective? You see, because these are the real topics of the future. But again, keep these types of things in mind uh, for, for, for future forecasts whenever we get into the 2020 uh, future forecast segment in the next segment. Because these are the type of things that I, that I want people to start thinking about. You know, we're, we're seeing a push towards, again, the destruction of nationalism, destroying patriotism. They don't want people to have uh, huge pride in their country, pride in their legacy, pride in who they are. They don't want that because that, that, they don't want that patriotism. It gives people a history and a legacy. They want to destroy that. So keep that in mind. Again, uh, American values, traditional va values, uh, how you can't even say Merry Christmas, you have, to say, you have to say Happy Holidays, the political correctness. Keep these types of things in mind whenever we get into future forecasts for, for 2020. I want to play for you guys real quick uh, this clip of Donald Trump to the UN saying that the future does not belong to globalists. They put this up September 24th, uh, and it's by Graham Noble of Liberty Nation. Let's take a listen. See, if you want freedom, take pride in your country. If you want democracy, hold on to your sovereignty. And if you want peace, love your nation. Wise leaders always put the good of their own people and their own country first. The future does not belong to globalists. The future belongs to patriots. The future belongs to sovereign and independent nations who protect their citizens, respect their neighbors, and honor the differences that make each country special and unique. It is why we in the United States have embarked on an exciting program of national renewal. And everything we do, we see. That's right. If you want free, and that's what I mean by the new America that we see taking place, being birthed before us. This is globalization. This is what happens, and this is also what I mean by the political adversity that we have all experienced this entire year. This is again why I'm saying and forecasting for the future the regionalism that will happen as the fallout between nationalism and globalism. We can't live in these extremes. We have to figure out using their own words, what is sustainable? And that's where regionalism, regionalism will come into play. But what is it that we're taking pride in? What types of values, and you hear me ask this question all the time, what type of values are we bringing into the new world order? And this is all being talked about. But continuing on, again, with common seasonal themes, I have, two, I have one more, maybe two more things I want to talk to you guys about, and then we'll, we'll, we'll finish out this segment. But again, common seasonal themes that have taken place. And you heard me mention this earlier in the show. And when I was, when I was referring to Josh of laws of reality, uh, but again, you're going to hear me talk more about this. I'm sure in the future, but magic mushrooms, 
we have a ridiculous amount of information regarding magic mushrooms, wouldn't you say? For some extremely strange reason, uh, I'm, I, I myself also find it strange, but uh, magic mushrooms, world's first magic mushroom na microdosing nasal spray has been announced. That's right, you can shove that magic mushroom up your brain, boom. Get that, uh, get that dosage in. We have a strange amount of information regarding magic mushrooms. Wouldn't you agree? Which is one of the reasons as to why I asked the question of uh, why are these things being pushed onto society? I think that might be a, a better slide to pull up for you guys. I asked the question, uh, you know, why is there becoming a subtle push for the world to embrace taking magic mushrooms? And we had a, we had phenomenal responses. I would consider this social engineering because look at look, before I get into the opioid aspect of it, the same way that I've perspective, you know, because I was seeing strange uh, articles surrounding exorcisms, demonic possession, uh, mass demonic possession, rituals and stuff like that. I had to create something to follow that with the occult world and the paranormal perspective. But I'm seeing that very same thing happen with magic mushrooms to where we are literally being flooded with a ridiculous amount of information regarding magic mushrooms. I mean, they're getting greenlit for sure. They've had a major, they've, they've, they've made a lot of headway this, this year. They're getting involved in breakthrough uh, therapy sessions to where people that suffer from major depressive disorders, they can take magic mushrooms uh, and possibly come out of them. They've had great results. They're also giving MDMA to al to, to to alcoholics. Uh, they're also giving MDMA or they're giving magic mushrooms. MDMA is ecstasy, but they're giving magic mushrooms uh, to comatose patients. Like I said, people with depression, treating anxiety. Uh, they're also trying a lot of different things with with mushrooms, nasal sprays. You see, but why are these types of pushes happening? Why are we why are we being encouraged to not necessarily disassociate from reality? But take these mind-altering drugs. You know, CBD has made a massive push this year. I should also let you guys know that we will be switching CBD companies and still working with the previous because I like to offer people with diversity and variety. CBD has made a huge push this year. Uh, we see a lot of restrictions being lifted as far uh, on marijuana. Uh, some convictions are being overturned. People are being released from jail, thank the Lord, uh, because of marijuana and our approach towards it today. Lounges are being allowed that have marijuana. Uh, but why are magic mushrooms being pushed onto us? You know, one of the things I like about, and I'll get into, the, I'll get into all this stuff afterwards, one of the things I like about our show is we don't sugarcoat it when we talk about drugs. You know, we talk about cocaine, talk about heroin, we talk about molly, uh, we talk about we talk about uh, oxycodone, Percocets, uh, fentanyl. We talk about all these drugs, man, because that's what's out there. I don't sugarcoat it like everybody else. I'm trying to tell you guys that you have to be weary of this stuff. The alcohol, you know, the crappy diets. One of the things I appreciate about our show is that we, we, we will not lie to you when it comes about talking about drugs. And that's why I'm seeing a, 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 a strange trend happen with magic mushrooms, which forced me to create the concept of weaponizing consciousness expansion. And for people who don't know what that is, about midway through the year, I started freaking out because I was like, oh God, I'm promoting magic mushrooms to people 
and they're losing their minds. One of the, uh, when I did Instagram Lives uh, earlier this year, I would always get questions about, hey, tell us about the DMT and the aliens and the magic mushrooms, EJ. You know, and I make that as a joke now because you, would, you wouldn't believe how many times I get asked about just that. But I had freaked out about magic mushrooms because, and weaponizing conscious expansion because I did all kinds of research into Timothy Leary, Terrence McKenna, uh, the creation of LSD, the CIA's involvement in MKUltra and mind control, uh, and, and so much more, and how these things were literally being created to create like a psychedelic psyop that, that, that acts like it's the counterculture when all it really does is just lobotomize people spiritually and mentally and so i had to figure out i'm still trying to figure out a way to present information without seeming like i'm 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 against magic mushrooms and again this all comes with the normalization of taking mushrooms if you thought it was bad enough people overdosing on uh on on, on fentanyl or on oxycodones or hydrocodones or, or percocets or any of these other things right people just shoveling uh shoveling shoveling, uh, what is it? Shoveling Adderall into their brain. Imagine what the world would be like when you have people who can't distinguish what's normal and what's real. What's the trip and what's actually going on? This entire a strange and subtle push for people to embrace Oh man, I I hope that uh, I hope that was recording. I hope that was recording because uh, oh gosh, I really do hope that was recording. If it wasn't recording, I'll just I'll fly through it. Uh, okay. and then I'll, I'll I'll put a button on this because clearly you guys can see that we're paying attention to the phenomena surrounding magic mushrooms and society trying to essentially consume them. Uh, what I was trying to say, and I'm not sure if it actually cut out while we were doing it, but what I was trying to say is through society enabling this, I mean, you thought it was bad with people taking all kinds of Percocets, lorries, hydrocodone, uh, Percocets, Adderalls, and all these other things. You thought it was bad people overdosing on fentanyl and so much more. Can you imagine what it would be like when we have all these people who are disassociating from reality? I mean, like smoking weed is one thing, but could you imagine a world? And this might be a good thing. I might just be looking at it in a different light. Could you imagine it to where people are just dosing up on LSD, gobbling down magic mushrooms, unable to really distinguish what's what's real and what's the trip, not able to hold like a real conversation. And this is one of the main things that I talked about on the four-part, eight-hour series with J.C. Abbott or Adam Nixon, J.C. Abbott of the Wayfinder podcast. My problem is people not being able to have the mental fortitude, the willpower to be able to understand what is happening to this trip and bring back the truth that we need. I'm not denigrating or putting down magic mushrooms at all. I think what, I'm, what I have an issue with is the application and the integration thereof. We as a Western society don't really understand moderation and internalizing truths and then reproducing these things in our life. We don't understand that. We understand saying, I took mushrooms, therefore I'm super woke. And that's very dangerous because you have a pseudo-intellectual approach towards spirituality and wisdom. 
And so while I advocate for people to take these trips into the inner space and understand things even deeper, I'm very cautious and hesitant about how it will affect society and the individuals. But like I said before, just like with all this occult stuff and the paranormal stuff, I guess we'll actually see in the future what this does to society. So, yes, there is clearly a subtle push for society uh, to begin undertaking mushrooms. So I want to finish out this segment with the last thing that I think is important uh, about all this. It's the social credit score system. It's 1984. It's all the stuff that's going on, I think it's important to just kind of wrap it up because people know, uh, and it's important to get it up here. We're talking about pre-crime. We're talking about social credit score system. We're, ta- we're, we're talking about technology literally guiding humanity. I think that's the best way to describe it. Uh, when you have the CEO of YouTube saying that they have a new algorithm, an army of 10,000 sensors, and they've already disappeared controversial content by 70%, You have to think about what that really means. You have Elon Musk talking about brain-to-machine neural interfaces, Facebook coming up with its own cryptocurrency, trying to figure out ways, again, to control the world. These are the days that we're moving into. You have China saying that it's going to require mandatory face scans for anybody to have access to the Internet. Here, let me play for you guys. I want to play for you guys a real quick clip of a Chinese man that was interrogated for posting uh, anti-police sentiments on a private messaging app. He was detained by police because they had the power to do that. That's 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 what I mean by the social credit score system, right? And that will be coming here to America. We put this up December second. It's from Drudge Report feed. It says China man interrogated for criticizing police on social media. This is a video out of China shows a man being called in and interrogated by authorities for the crime of criticizing the police on social media. Let's take a listen. They're basically detaining the man, saying, why are you complaining about police on QQ and WeChat? You don't like the cops take people's bikes? What's wrong with you? This guy's like, I'm sorry, I won't do it again. I was just drunk talking nonsense. Let me go. What do you think happened to this man? What do you think happened to that man? And that's the Chinese social credit score system. We've talked about how they're how China's holding Muslims in concentration camps to sell their organs in a massive organ trafficking scheme. We've talked about them demolishing churches, uh, rewriting the Ten Commandments. The social credit score and China are both coming to America. And that's something that I think we need to pay attention to. I'll say this, and then I'll end this segment for you guys right here. China is now using artificial intelligence to target groups of residents for, quote, pre-crime arrests. We put this up to November 25th. It's by Sean Adetalabi of News Punch. It says authorities in China have begun using artificial intelligence to target groups of residents for arrest and detention. 
According to a report by the Daily Wire, a new trove of highly classified leaked documents from the Chinese Communist government reveals how Beijing relies on algorithms to operate their concentration camps where they reportedly have millions of Muslims and other minorities detained. The International Consortium of Investigative Journalists, the ICIJ, reports that the leaked documents reveal that, quote, Chinese police are guided by a massive data collection and analysis system that uses artificial intelligence to select entire categories of Xinjiang residents for detention. Entire classes of residents for detention. And that's the social credit score system. And so... When I tell you guys that it's it's more than just posting on social media, that's the type of stuff that we're talking about. I mean, shucks. Even this week, I'll say this and I'll close out this segment for you guys. Even this week, and people are beginning to see these th- these things deployed already. Even this week, Instagram came out with a new feature saying that it will fight misinformation with an expanded fact-checking system. I would like to think... That the fact that you guys have not seen this new feature on our show or on our page shows that we're not lying to you, that we're spitting the truth, that these independent fact checkers can go back through on our, pa- on our page and they can't say jack squat because they know we're shooting the truth. And that's how this works. It's more than just posting on social media. It's about recognizing our influence in the real world. But speaking of the real world, I want to take a quick break and blast off into cyberspace. That's right. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to fly through some of these top stories, top forecasts, and the honorable mentions of 2019. I hope you guys have been enjoying this switch-up of an episode, this finale for slash 2019 review. This is Freedom Faction over here on Factions of Freedom. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back right after this.
final segment, last season, or wait, no, final segment, final segment finale, god dang it, final segment, last segment, you guys get what I'm, god dang, man, you hear me, final segment, last segment for the season nine finale, I'm going to just go ahead and say that, you guys get what I'm trying to say, having a total herpiderp moment, Brain's just not wanting to work. Either that or the magnesium and the fish oil is kicking in. You tell me. <laughs> but thank you guys, you ladies and gentlemen, for sticking around for this transmission, this special edition. You know, into the future, we are going to be doing a lot more. And I think it's crazy. I want to say this, and I'll get into the topics. And boo boo boosh. You know, we've had this configuration, this setup for a while. We've we've grown with it. We've I love it, but I think everybody understands that there's so much more we could be doing. And that's all I'm really trying to do is, I, I, I tell you, I get worried, I get nervous, because I'm aware of the technocracy. I don't want to put my face in front of all this stuff, man. I don't want to put my face in front of this whenever you have them literally over here, like, using deep fakes to come up with, like, whole fake stories about people. I don't want to submit myself to the Mark of the Beast-style system. But do I have to in order to do a better job? Yes and no. You see, this is why I mess with people like BitChute, Brighteon, Vimeo, private video streaming services and platforms and things like this. Yes, you know, you have to understand that you're going to be working with a certain level of evil. Some people are working with an agenda. You get that. But it's like, how much are you willing to take? And how much are you willing to do? I think this year has definitely taught me you know how to uh, how to count the costs for real how to count the cost how to de- how to how to how to double down how to test one's own dedication one's own motivation and so much you know where you put your time time allocation time management energy allocation you know what's an actual thought what's a feeling what's a reaction getting control and command of yourself. Discipline. I think that's what this year's done. And I can only hope that people who have been with us since, gosh, uh, 2014, comfortably 2015, the people that have been with us throughout this growth period understand what we're doing and where we're going and why, as reluctant as I am towards a lot of this stuff, why sometimes we have to rip that Band-Aid off and get over it and, and move forward. This world is becoming increasingly crazy, and this year has said that. It's definitely shown us that. It really has. You know, I want to use this segment to talk about some of the top stories, as I said, the top stories of 2019, as well as some of the top forecasts for 2020. And then we're going to finish it off with honorable mentions, people that I think really should be commended for their great job that they've done uh, this year. You got a lot of uh, you have a lot of scumbags out there, and I don't want to I don't want to glorify those types of people. We are seeing change in the world and in the time frame that we're in, and I think it's important that since I have a platform like this, I should point these types of things out. I should try to help people, or at least take the time to, you know, acknowledge it, because you know you have all these people that have these these horrible idols and these horrible people they want to follow they don't understand they're controlled and as i said before in the second segment i care about people and i care about you and whenever i see regular day people going out of their way doing 
extraordinary things. I'm just like, wow. Why is that not on the news? Why is that not getting the coverage that it deserves? Why is that person not getting the admiration they deserve? Like that eight-year-old little Mexican girl, uh, Guadalupe Cruz, who created that solar water heater. You know, that's the type of stuff that I'm talking about. But don't you worry. We're going to be talking about her for sure uh, <laughs> later on because that's the type of stuff I'm talking about. And those are the type of people I want to... I want to, uh, I want to highlight on my show. Uh, but before we do so, before we get into some of those topics, right? Let's 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 close this this season and uh, start this segment off by talking about some of the top stories of 2019. Um, I think clearly everybody already understands. So Jeffrey Epstein not killing himself. I think everybody gets that inherently. You know, Epstein not killing himself, I think that was something that blew up in mainstream media's face. Some people are saying that that could actually be used over being distracted from something. I'm not necessarily sure what. Uh, it's getting kind of crazy these days. But um, the Jeffrey Epstein killing himself in jail, I think, was probably one of the most groundbreaking stories of 2019. And we're definitely going to see more of it into the future because it... it, it it gives us a window into the organized structure of the New World Order, the deep state, and so much more. But it also shows us uh, other aspects of what's really going on that we're going to have to play catch up to. But right here, ex-Israeli ex intelligence officer provides more important details about Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, for people that haven't been following up that angle, they're basically saying that he was doing everything we understand. He's running around collecting DNA from high-level uh, politicians and incriminating them, but in doing so, who and who's he collecting the DNA for, and what's the purpose of that? That's when you get into the whole continuing the bloodline lineage of the elites, the transhumanist aspect, and, and more things like that. I don't know the full details. It's definitely something that I find myself still studying, but for sure, we're going to keep our eyes on it uh, as it unfolds. Continuing on, and I, I, I don't want to spend all the I can't spend all the time flying through all these these uh, these topics and then pulling up articles and doing all this other stuff for you guys. So what I'm going to have to do is kind of just like fly through some of these topics and then review some of the other ones. Uh, but Jeffrey Epstein killing himself, Prince Andrew being disowned by the royal family. This didn't really get a lot of attention as well. This is something I think uh, we'll, we'll probably hear more about in the future. Uh, but Bill Clinton's rape victim spoke out. We have that article and post on our Instagram TV, the full thing, or at least the first 10 minutes of it. You can go, you can go here. Uh, he talks about all these other high level of officials and elites taking place in this, but more stories that are taking place in 2019. You had Greta Thunberg, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Hillary Clinton, Julian Assange. She gets more of a mention later on in the show when we talk about these honorable mentions, uh, you've also had the intense rise of communism in China, where they're also destroying religion. You also had it revealed this year, uh, China's thought transformation centers, which was pretty crazy. You actually had them, and I talked about this in the, in, in the, in the previous episode just last week, how you had people being released from these thought transformation centers, graduating and then getting gainfully employed. They've been successfully brainwashed and pushed into the system. 
very, very interesting. The Hong Kong protests that have been lit all year. They are the new yellow vests. I'll say that again. They are the new yellow vests. They are showing the world what freedom looks like to people who actually want to pursue it. The Hong Kong protests, if you ask me, those are legendary. You have this you have this small island basically saying we don't want to be a part of your guys' tyrannical rule. We don't we don't want mainland China to be able to extradite us back to their uh, back to the mainland and harvest our organs. We don't want that. Who would? Can you blame them? No. You have you have the Hong Kongers shouting uh, shouting shouting American slogans, waving the American flag. Saying we want freedom, talking about Martin Luther King, you know, oh, give give me liberty or give me death. You have the Hong Kong protesters showing the world this is what democracy looks like. And what's even crazier too is you actually these days you actually have people within Hong Kong trying to get their own recognition as an independent and sovereign nation. I feel like that's awesome. Within the within the weeks and the, or within the months that they've been protesting, look at how much ground they've been able to to to, to cover. Fascinating, truly fascinating. Continuing on with top so, top stories of 2019, the abortion epidemic that was literate that, that whipped the country into an emotional and a political fervor. Planned Parenthood getting caught uh, trafficking baby body parts, people going to jail for that. Finally, uh, you also have the California wildfires and the pub, and the subsequent power outages that may continue for the next ten years take place. I'm actually very, I'm, I'm curious what's going to go on there. Uh, you have the California Power, Gas, and Electric, some of their down power lines uh, being caught, causing some of these devastating fires, destroying California, essentially lighting it on fire, uh, People, people's houses being burned. Uh, you have some people saying that it was direct energy weapons, dues, you know, a combination of chemtrails and uh, exciting the ionosphere and shooting down lasers. You, either way, you have people who aren't living in houses, who are now migrants in their own country. Where do you think they're going to go? You have a lot of people actually leaving California to go to places like Texas, Colorado, and so much more. So very, very interesting. This is, again, part of that destabilization. Uh, these are the climate refugees of people that they don't want to talk about. But continuing on, you have people stabbing one another over Chick-fil-A sandwiches. Remember that? <laughs> that definitely happened. You had the 20 useless Democrats and their useless debates that all it did was just engineer people to begin to get in alignment with Agenda 21 and Agenda 2030, talking about immigration, climate change, free education, and free health care. These are all talking points put in there by the State Department and the United Nations. Uh, you also had Joe Biden literally deteriorating in front of us. Like that, Like, that's it. That's that's like what I that's like what I put right there. Just Joe Biden deteriorating in front of us. <laughs> and I laugh uh, because this man literally was our vice president, right? This guy was our vice president like only a few years ago, and that just shows you how much has happened in the time frame that we've been here, and how much is going to continue to happen. This man was our vice president, and because the sham is up, the jig is up, we, we, we see through these people's charade, right? Their time's running out. But Joe Biden, he's literally deteriorating in front of us, talking about kids with, you know, roaches on his legs and, you know, loving kids sitting on his lap and, 
you know, his son got called a crackhead the other day too. He was he was he was talking about uh, he, I, f- I forget what uh, rally he was at, but somebody basically took over his own rally. He was trying to talk some noise. Somebody took over his own rally. It's like Joe Biden, you're a liar, and your son's a crackhead. <laughs> it was son of a son of a b word, Joe. Wasn't that you? Fire that judge dealing with Ukraine. And so Joe Biden's literally deteriorating in front of us so much so that you have independent cartoonists coming up with cartoons of things he said. Here, let's take a listen. Creepy Uncle Joe. And by the way, you know, I got a lot of, I got hairy legs that turn, that, 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 that turn, uh, um, blonde in the sun. And the kids used to come up and reach in the pool and rub my leg down so it was straight and then watch the hair come back up again and look at it. So I learned about roaches. I learned about kids jumping on my lap. And I, I love, love kids, kids jumping, jumping on, on my lap. lap. What a, what a creepy old man. So yeah, we literally had Joe, Biden uh, deteriorate in front of us earlier this year. Like we, we all witnessed that. And uh, he's probably, he's, he's got dementia. Like he's got something going on there. You know the man's not sane, but they're just rolling him out. And we, we really shouldn't be seeing him. <laughs> and I just think it's hilarious uh, that he is still around. So yeah, you literally had Joe Biden deteriorate in front of us. You also had... Beto O'Rourke, you guys remember him? He dropped out of the races and we stopped hearing a whole lot of him. Yeah. He, you, you also have Beto O'Rourke being a story of 2019. He set the America, the Americans on fire, Trump supporters on fires, talking about this right here, saying, hell yes, we're going to take your, your AR-15. Let's listen. Are you proposing taking away their guns and how would this work? I am. If it's a weapon that was designed to kill people on a battlefield, if the high-impact, high-velocity round, when it hits your body, shreds everything inside of your body because it was designed to do that so that you would bleed to death on a battlefield not be able to get up and kill one of our soldiers, when we see that being used against children, And in Odessa, I met the mother of a 15-year-old girl who was shot by an AR-15. And that mother watched her bleed to death over the course of an hour because so many other people were shot by that AR-15 in Odessa and Midland. There weren't enough ambulances to get to them in time. Hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15, your AK-47. We're not going to allow it to be used against our fellow Americans anymore. Well, thank you, Beto, for your attempt. Now we have national red flag gun confiscation going on. You have civil unrest being fomented in Virginia right now. You have uh, the National Guard being activated because uh, because of the red flag gun confiscation there. You have militias being created in Virginia right now for this very reason. Uh, with Donald Trump being impeached, right, and that going on in Virginia, you have a lot of people talking about what they're calling the Boogaloo too, the Civil War, the, the, the Second American Revolution. You have a lot of these things kind of happening right now. And Beto firing up the country earlier this year, I would say that is a top story. So I'm going to fire through a little bit more of these topics and get into some of the forecasts. And I'm going to end this for you guys with these honorable mentions. 
Uh, you have the vaccine agenda, the anti-vax hate that's taken place, Facebook removing all vaccine content to, so we can raise awareness about vaccine uh, issues. This is another reason why I want to create my own community app so we can have a reservoir of knowledge to pull upon from, get off these platforms because they don't want this information there. Remember we had on uh, Christy Scarborough and T. Matthew Phillips of Corrupt Vaccines where they where they tried to follow, file a lawsuit against FedBook for censoring their information about sharing these things. Uh, at the start of the year, the World Health Organization declared that anti-vaxxers were the top health threat of 2019 uh continuing on you also had the journal of american medicine saying and confirming really uh finding a link between fluoridated water and low iq i think that's 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 important because this is the type of stuff that we're always fighting for this is the type of stuff that we're always saying what are they putting in the water why is it like a zombie apocalypse out there why are people on mars half the time where are we going with all this stuff? You see, have uh, the American Journal of uh, the American Journal of uh, the Journal of American Medicine Association admitting that admits to us that we're right. We're aware of what's going on with our with our body. Like I said, taking your health back is a revolutionary act. Uh, you also have Monsanto being taken to trial, the opioid epidemic, fentanyl, which is a hundred times stronger than heroin, literally decimating our population they're finding it on the coasts they're finding it in rural areas uh you have state you have uh state departments government uh, government departments trafficking it it's 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 an epidemic you have the silicon whistle the silicon valley whistleblower greg coppola as well as the google whistleblower zach Voorhees. Ah, shucks, I forgot the CNN whistleblower as well that Project Veritas had on. Uh, Carrie, uh, Carrie Lamp or Carrie, I forget what his last name is, but you had a lot of whistleblowers coming out exposing CNN's bias that we already already inherently knew, right? Google's whistleblower, uh, Zach Voorhees' information, where they're talking about election meddling, information control, messing with uh, how, how certain votes are going to be watched. This stuff is crazy. But all of this stuff doesn't get any attention because they're, 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 this is the problem with information control and as well as information overload. There is so much stuff happening right now, and it's all monumental. And back in the day, this stuff would change the face of how we see things. But because we're being hit with so much, Donald Trump's impeachment, you know, a civil war, uh, the Marines being activated outside the, the White House, all this stuff, we're getting desensitized to all this craziness. It's wild. Continuing on with top stories, the Amazon burning, the Notre, the Notre Dame Cathedral fire, the FBI declaring conspiracy theorists domestic terrorists and conspiracy theories domestic terrorist th threats. That was, again, something massive that you didn't hear any of your other amazing pages talk about. <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't hear anybody talk about this stuff, how we would be, literally be considered domestic terrorists. Crazy. Harvard and Bill Gates teaming up to spray calcium carbonate. That's it. They're admitting that they're spraying uh, chemtrails, remember, former disgraced CIA director John Brennan talking about uh, spraying stratospheric aerosol injections. We talk about it time and time and get on the show. Uh, human supremacy rapidly coming to an end. And this was said by James Lovelock, the British environmentalist, supporting that cyborgs are next, that our human meat suits, these temples that God gave us, how these are becoming redundant and foolish and how they will offer us a new body talking about transhumanism, essentially. Uh, human genome editing, editing, 
the Mark of the Beast RFID chips, Elon Musk unveiling his Neuralink, their brain-to-machine interface, and Facebook announcing their own cryptocurrency. These are some of the, to- of the, stops, the top stories of 2019. Only some. But even that, you, we, could spend, we, we, we could spend days talking about all those things I just mentioned right there. Because that's, that's really crazy how things are. Uh, but to shift gears, because I don't want to take up too much of your guys' time, as I already have. And if you guys have gotten this far, I want to say thank you for listening. Uh, I, did, I didn't mean to make this episode so long, but I wanted it to have more substance. Because you won't be hearing from me for a while. Okay. So, so thank you guys for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Like I said, it was a switch up of an episode uh, for a reason. For a reason. So let's get into some of these forecasts. I want to blast through these, and then I'll get into these honorable mentions because those are way more important uh, than the forecasts. I foresee, you know, destabilization, civil unrest, more gun confiscations, uh, more militias, more of these paramilitary groups. You know, more something like something's going to happen to Antifa. Or something has to grow in a direct response to Antifa because Antifa is planning to go hot. Earlier this year, they they were supposed to go to um, they were they were supposed to go and have a ten day border siege to try to kick off some kind of uh, something or rather, but it never happened. But they're gonna become more violent in the future. I can assure you. The same way that you have Extinction Rebellion doing all their civil disobedience, you know, their train wreck rides and all this other stuff that they're doing, you're going to have a paramilitary weaponized version of just that, of Antifa, and their whole purpose is going to be to cause chaos. They're going to become the domestic domestic terrorists that we know them to be. And so I foresee that definitely happening in our future. Maybe they link up with ISIS. Maybe they link up with other people. Who knows? Uh, I also see climate control mandates taking place, more mandates and regulations uh, to where, like I said before, when I mentioned the United Nations, how you're going to have to abide by these rules. They will, they will force these things. This is why you have Greta Thunberg appearing in front of the UN Security Council saying, hey, look, we're watching you. And we've spent this entire season trying to out, uh, lay out what the scientific dictatorship using the green agenda and the green new deal, what that would look like with resource management and so much more. I foresee that taking place as well. Uh, Aligning ourselves as a nation with global views and impacts. Obviously, you know, we're going to have the further discussion of nationalism versus globalism, you know, that regionalism discussion, the creation of the the North American union, uh, technocratic control enforcement, the pseudo politicization of the homeless i.e. the migrants and so much more. You see how there's, there's, there, there's, there's a gradual thing happening in society to where civilian life is, is being tremendously diminished and how the only way they want you to live is as, is as if you're like a, an indentured slave to the state. If you're a migrant, if you're homeless, if you're unemployed, this is where they're promoting things like universal basic income, uh, more welfare systems, and so much more. Very, very interesting to see that. Uh, Clearly supplementing government and the rule of law using technocracy. Seeing social media become even more important. You have people pulling off. That's what Steve Wachowski, uh, one of the co-founders of Apple, said. He said, get off Fedbook because he knows where it's going. 
But I foresee for the people that haven't gone off FedBook and social media in that capacity, that use it as a personal journal, I foresee them becoming even more influenced. This was another thing that we had talked about uh, throughout the entirety of the show and the season. How certain people have already been given over uh, to, the te- to the technology, to the AI system. How, the, how we're already going up against the, the Godhead AI and it's using varying forms of psychological control and social engineering, low, low information, low IQ people, people who don't have the, the, the wherewithal or the mental powers to withstand certain things. They're already subjective to these, these tricks being deployed by the AI. I foresee that and more taking place. But I don't really think I can really forecast what people don't already see happening. I can say I have an idea about what I think is going to take place, but ultimately I think people deep down, they can, they can read the writing on the wall. They can see things for themselves. So, to go ahead and start wrapping things up on a relatively good note, I want to start. Uh, I'm to start closing out, and like I said, honorable mentions. And I probably won't get through all of these. I, I know I won't because we're running out of time, you know. Uh, and I want to close out saying something to you guys directly, but um, I want to close this out by having some relatively good news and talking about some of the other things that are going on and how even though we're seeing all these things take place, like I said, like I said before, it's also important that we, we highlight some of the good things that are taking place. Show some good. Put some good love out there in the world. Earlier this year, you had Jaden Smith feeding the homeless in L.A. through a pop-up vegan truck. Now, this is one reason why I wanted to mention Jaden in our honorable mention section uh, is for this, is for giving people vegan food and helping out the homeless. But also earlier this year, and I couldn't find the video clip for you guys, he created a water purification device, 501c3, that's his water company, to where they actually created like a filtration device for the people of Flint, Michigan. I thought that was amazing. Uh, But earlier this year, July 9th, 2019, you had Jaden Smith feeding the homeless in L.A. through a pop-up vegan food truck. Let's take a listen. And again, uh, at the start of this this tradition, I actually told you guys that we have a few celebrities that actually pay attention to us, uh, and Jaden is one of them. Jaden is one of the, the celebrities that follows us, and I think that's pretty crazy. But maybe it's because we do things like that, and we actually highlight the good that he does do. Uh, and I'll be honest, you know, for longtime listeners, you guys have heard me mentioned Jaden and his involvement in the transgender, the gender bending agenda and so much more. Uh, and so without spending too much time going down that, I just think it's important that we, we, we mention Jaden for doing good things like that, bringing clean water to Flint, feeding the homeless through a prop up vegan truck and so much more. Those are the type of things that heroes do really that, that people that want to see the good of whole, the good in humanity do. Uh, yes, Kids eccentric, I will not lie there at all, but that is what I want people uh, to remember him for. Going out there, 
and to going out there to help people. Uh, continuing on, another honorable mention that I'd like to point out with you guys is Luke Ruandowski of We Are Change earlier this year. Him and Jeff Berwick jumped on a plane <laughs> and took their crazy selves over there to the to Jeffrey Epstein's pedophile island. That's right. I wanted to get him on uh, to talk about this stuff and more, but the man's a busy guy. He's out there working. That's the way these things work. But him and him and Jeff Berwick crashed Jeffrey Epstein's island during the heart of the investigations. It got some pretty amazing footage. If you guys didn't, you can find. If you didn't see it, you can find it on our Instagram story or our, or our Instagram TV. You can also find it on his uh, YouTube channel, Luke of We Are Change, and it is fantastic footage because it's 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 literally like a few days, like right after it happened. And I wanted to mention him here because that's an honorable thing to do. You're literally over here going to going inside of this guy's pedophile mansion, busting in there, finding information, getting footage, doing what a journalist does. In this day and age when everybody's got phones, he's the only one that's got Wavo. He's the only one that has Wavos big enough to take it to these people. And I feel like that's pretty cool. And that's the type of stuff that we highlight over here on this show. So, continuing on, looking again at honorable mentions, amazing people doing amazing things. You've heard me talk about this guy a few times, uh, and I'm sure this will not be the last time, but you've heard me talk about Moses West, the man that has created, some people call it a dehumidifier, I feel like that denigrates it, but it is a device that literally pulls water from the air. And then with that very same water, he's taking it uh, taking it to the good people over there in Flint, Michigan, and giving them purified, clean water. I think that's amazing. Where are these types of devices, though? You see, where are these types of amazing, uh, life-changing, world-shifting devices that can save entire generations of people? You know, that's the crazy part about it is we have the technology. We just don't see it being deployed. You have people out there who, who, who literally are being the solution that we do need, but they don't get any attention. Nope. It's like these people who, who, who see like legitimate problems, you know, people that, that clean up streets, that create like problems that not only solve things for, their, for them locally, but internationally. We see all these people carry on these amazing things and they hardly get any credit. That's the shame. And so when you look at it through that lens, what you begin to understand is it's not that we don't have the technology. It's not that we don't know. It's not that we can't do these things. It's that we're choosing not to do these things. That somebody at the top has an organized agenda. It's like whenever you have these, 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 these people like, uh, Extinction Rebellion saying, you know, they're going to they're going to topple the government, that they're going to fix all this climate change nonsense. But they won't even take the time to acknowledge people who are going out of their way, investing their own money to create atmospheric water generators to provide clean water. You don't have them wanting to talk about that here. Let's take a listen. water. Natural resource we often take for granted near the Great Lakes. But Moses West knows a water crisis is quietly growing. 
Everybody knows we're running out of water. A problem the retired ranger spent the past four years working to eliminate. All the water that we need it, it exists right here in the air. We believe so strongly in that idea. In 2015, West invented an atmospheric water generator, or AWG, a machine that takes in air and turns it into drinking water. We're at the place now, I think, making 50, 100, 200, 250,000, a million gallons of water at an incredibly low energy consumption. I think cheap, cheaper than groundwater by far. Uh, cheaper than desalination. So far, 12 of these AWGs exist. West planted them in three areas, including the Bahamas, Puerto Rico, and Flint, Michigan. I need to engage with the people here, and I need to show them what I... Yes, sir. Clean drinking water. Yes, sir. Thank you, Mr. Moses West, sir. Old Army Ranger. And he's out there doing more than doing doing more than AOC, doing more than <laughs> Greta Thunberg, investing his own money, his own time, his own energy, and to helping clean up his community and those around him. You heard him right there before the video cut off. He's like, I gotta start connecting with the people. I gotta I gotta get out there. I have the solution. We're running out of water. I can help them. That's the level of passion that we need from elected officials. Huh. These are the, this is the type of passion you're going to get from individuals that genuinely care, that want to see humanity as a whole do better. They don't have their own political agenda. They see that as a whole, we are not doing too hot. And if we all don't start doing our best, guess what? We're all going to suffer. You see? Continuing on, though, for honorable mentions, I want to talk about uh, Boylan Slat. I think that's how you pronounce his name, Boylan Slat. Boy, Boylan. Anyway, uh, he's 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 what? He's 25 years old, Boylan Slat, and he has created a device, a machine that's going out there in the great. In, uh, in the Pacific Ocean out there literally creating a device to clean up the great Pacific garbage patch let me get the video up for you guys and then uh, we'll, we'll we'll take a listen I think it's a video with captions it's by France 24 it says history made as ocean cleanup successfully collects first plastic from the great Pacific garbage patch <laughs> the world's ocean of plastic waste is working overtime. Operated by the non-profit Ocean Cleanup Project, the device cleans up a huge area of floating waste twice the size of Texas, halfway around the world. And basically, you guys get it, he's creating a device to clean up all the plastic that's drifting off into the ocean. And so, yes, that has a huge thing to do with climate change. And, and we do need to pay attention to it. So, yes, I want to give uh, Boylan Slap, this 25-year-old kid, attention for literally, again, creating a solution that gets hardly any attention. Hopefully, we hear more about it in the future. These are the type of solutions that people need to hear about because they need to know maybe these people that are studying climate change will learn a thing or two if they watch what this kid was up to. Uh, but continuing on, again, honorable mentions. I want to just 
five through these so we can uh, wrap this up for you guys. Honorable mentions, Santoya Brown, convicted at 16 of killing her sex trafficker, has been released from prison 15 years later. Tonight, Santoya Brown is enjoying her first day of freedom in 15 years, revealing she's written a memoir and got married in prison. Her new name, Santoya Brown Long. With word of her release at 3.20 a.m., an attorney texting, she is free. Hallelujah. She is uh, the most amazing transformation of, of the human being. She's now 31, sentenced to life for murder at age 16. Prosecutors say she shot a man she was trying to rob, but her attorneys argued she'd been forced into prostitution and killed in self-defense. The case inspired a documentary and ignited national outrage. Hashtag free Centoya Brown, A-list celebrities leading the call for justice. Calling a life sentence for the teenager too harsh, former Tennessee Governor Bill Haslam commuted it. She really had, you know, done what we hoped and changed her life. One of the first things Centoya said when we walked in to see her in prison was, I won't let you down. She earned a high school diploma and two college degrees while mentoring young Tonight, Centoya Brown is enjoying her first day of freedom in 15 years. At a girl. Congratulations. And again, at a girl. That's the type of stuff that we need to see. Uh, clearly, the, I'm not going to get into a whole thing about the justice system or any of that nonsense. But again, honorable mentions. Thankfully, Centoya Brown is out of jail, and these are good things. These are the type of uh, success cases I like to hear about. And speaking again of another success case, you have Max Senna, the 26-year-old Nigerian inventor that has created a smokeless stove that generates electricity. That's like the future. That's like having a furnace that charges your phone. That's pretty cool to me. But again, you don't hear about these types of things. Renewable technology at its literal finest. This guy, Max Chenna, the 26-year-old Nigerian inventor, has developed a smokeless stove that can charge cell phones while it cooks. Chenna says that he plans to send 1,000 of those of these stoves to farmers in rural Kenya who have limited access to electricity. So there you go. Finding a problem, a local problem, and then at the same time, coming up with a solution. And so I want to finish this out, finish out these honorable mentions and these relatively good news with this right here. Uh, this little eight-year-old Mexican girl who invented a solar water heater and has now won a nuclear science prize. I have been so excited. I'm so proud of this little girl because she, 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 she craps all over Greta Thunberg on so many life, on so many levels. And you could just look at her little face. She's so excited. She's so excited to be like, heck yeah, this is how I made my million. I helped save the world. What did you do today? <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. I'm, I'm, I'll get into this article and I'll wrap things up for you guys. Uh, we put this up September 18th. It's by Joe Martino of Collective Evolution. It says, innovation comes from all ages. And this is further seen in the story of Zacato, Zacato, uh, Guadalupe Cruz, an eight-year-old girl from Chiapas, Mexico, who invented an entirely solar-powered device for heating water. The impact her invention could have on others around the world is immense. And this has inspired the UNAM, the National Autonomous University of Mexico, their Institute of Nuclear Sciences, to award her. To those in developed countries, her, her intervention may not seem at all revolutionary, as access to warm or hot water is commonplace. But for those in many areas of the world, including in her own time of Mexico, this would be a luxury. Cruz's device was inspired by the desire to reduce deforestation and pollution by replacing the need to cut down logs for heating water, which is the primary method used in her 
in her part of the world. Cruz furthers her commitment to environmentally sound practices by utilizing recycled materials to build her device. That's what I'm saying. At a girl. The Cruz family has already installed their daughter's invention on the roof of their home in Mexico. They now enjoy warm water that can be used for anything from cooking to bathing. Her solar-powered invention has the potential to improve the quality of life for millions around the world who still rely on wood as their primary source of fuel for heating water. Maybe they could hit up Max Chenna, the 26-year-old Nigerian kid we were just talking about, get that smoke the stove, right? Combine that with this solar water heater. They would be living in the future. It's like, it's the Jetsons, man. Continuing on at Collective Evolution, we have a we have long brought up the idea that our uh, it, it talks more about the the corrupt capitalist system. But you guys get what I'm saying. That's why I wanted to end this out on some good news because the change is there. The future is at our fingertips, and all we have to do, guys, is change the channel and begin to start manifesting it. Start paying attention to it. That's what this year has shown me that we can do these things. That we do have a brighter future. All we have to do is literally pull our heads from without the sand and get into it. Get over what we think of our actual hurdles and begin to and, and begin to provide a solution. Those reinforcements that I keep talking about, that's what they're doing. They're creating devices to help make the world more beautiful, more harmonious, more luxurious for us, more bountiful. Because we live in blessings. We live in abundance. And we live in so much more. And yes... As I record, Donald Trump is being impeached and millions of Americans are being whipped into an uh, a political fervor. But if we let politics rule our life, then guess what? They've won. It's us that are the architects of our own future. It's us that has the power to dictate what we want. And it is me that has to go. And I want to say thank you, ladies and gentlemen, not only for an amazing season, but for an amazing year and so far an amazing life. I want to say thank you so much for allowing me in your life and allowing me the pleasure of being able to, 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 to do this. To, as I said before, submit myself to the, on, on the altar of social media and to be able to step into this arena and provide you good people with what I would consider primo content. I'm sorry I take up so much of your time. Sorry I ramble so much. And I hope that in the future I can meet you all. Or at least those of you that want to meet me. And I hope that doing things like this, that it helps you know that you're not alone. And it also helps you become a better person because that's all we have. Social media has trained us to compare and compete with one another. It's not, told, it's not taught us to appreciate or be grateful for those that are in our life. And let me tell you, gang, it may not seem like it. This is why we have this love-hate relationship. But I am extraordinarily grateful for you. I'm extraordinarily grateful for this opportunity and to be in this position that I'm in. This is a dream that many would fight for. I have people trying to censor me all the time. The attacks on the website, I'm not, I'm not even going to talk about this stuff. But it's all evidence of where we're going and the success that we've had. The influence that I keep trying to, to tell you guys that apparently we have. So, I want to sign off for this season and this year. And I want to say thank you ladies and gentlemen for allowing me in your life. This is the season nine finale.
that's how I really have you. Except for the question of this. As we go into the new year, the technocracy being built, the scientific dictatorship happening all around us and more, what will happen whenever these, these, these people try to collapse the country? What happens whenever we do have a civil war take place? Regardless of however you feel, we are living in historical, historic times. People are asking about civil war. Who do we put our guns at? We don't ask about the infernal influences behind this, the violent strike, all these things and more. However, I'll leave that for you good people to ponder. But like I said, ladies and gentlemen, this and more is all I really have for you. If you have any questions, feel free to email me. I'll have it in the description bar below. And as always, guys and gals, stay vigilant. Expose lies and share truth. This is Noise Era, Freedom Faction, signing off over here on Factions of Freedom, saying goodbye to 2019 as well as Season 9. You folks stay strong out there and be safe. I'll talk to you real soon. Stay vigilant. Expose lies and share truth. This is Noise Era, Freedom Faction. Out.